0: Your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll free. 800 259 9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. As we launch into hour number one of the show, it's Ian here with you and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As always, lots to talk about. We'll start the show, uh, of course, with your calls if you make them. Uh, Though, Some interesting breaking news in the world of uh, medicine, specifically marijuana-style medicine. Oh, boy. Uh, This is pretty pretty big deal here. Uh, The Drug War Chronicle reporting at StopTheDrugWar.org that uh, apparently in a position paper, a leading American medical association has endorsed the medicinal use of marijuana. Really? In fact, they've called for more studies of its medical uses and urged the U.S. government to get out of the way. The position paper from the American College of Physicians was released last last Friday after being approved by the group's governing body. The ACP is the nation's second largest doctor's organization behind only the American Medical Association. Uh, It's made up of some 124,000 internal medicine specialists dealing primarily with adults. The college pointed to strong evidence that marijuana has proven useful in treating AIDS-wasting syndrome, glaucoma, the, and the nausea and vomiting associated with cancer chemotherapy patients. The college also noted there's anecdotal evidence for many other uses uh, medically of marijuana, but that research has been stymied by a complicated federal approval process, limited availability of research-grade marijuana, and the debate over legalization. The science of medical marijuana should not be hindered or obscured by the controversy over legalizing the plant for personal, non-medical use, says the group. Can we please just study the stuff? That's all they're saying here. Come mm. on, government.
1: The, one, yeah, the the organization that's out there to protect, protect us. Right.
0: Uh, so, this is a historic statement by one of the world's most respected physician groups and shows the growing scientific consensus that marijuana is a safe, Effective medicine for some patients, including many battling life-threatening illnesses like cancer and AIDS, said former U.S. Surgeon General Jocelyn Elders in one of the few useful things she's ever done (laughs) uh, in a press release from the Marijuana Policy Project. Large medical associations move cautiously, and for the American College of Physicians to uh, to note a clear discord between scientific opinion and government policy on medical marijuana is a stinging rebuke to our government. It's time for politicians and bureaucrats to get out of the way of good medicine and solid research. A statement by the American College of Physicians recognizes what clinicians and researchers have been seeing for years. That for some patients, medical marijuana works when conventional drugs fail. That from Dr. Michael Sog, director of the Center for AIDS Research at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Now. Do you think that if you went – there's more to the story – but do you think that if you went around to the politicians, uh, the John McCains and uh, those guys who just in the face of the, the evidence that has already been presented up until this point have basically said, I don't think there is any evidence out there that marijuana actually helps people. You'll have to show that to me. And, of course, they show that to them, and they bring them patients that actually benefit from using marijuana, and they, you know, put somebody in a wheelchair in front of them and have them tell their story, and it just doesn't even phase these guys. Do you think that the American College of Physicians, having their statement in front of them would would make a difference? Well,
1: having their statement in front of them might make a difference, but it's so difficult. Even here in New Hampshire, where we had the candidates uh, would come and have town hall meetings and all that good stuff, well... I, I, assuming you got your question asked In front of these candidates And mm-hmm. and I never did um, Then you have to it, It's not a discourse It's not like well would you support uh, marijuana if the American College of what is it, Collegiate Physi- um, College? American of Physi- College
0: of Physicians,
1: um, you know, endorsed it or something like that, and then you know the, what they do is they answer in some manner that uh, they don't answer the question. Yeah, you're right. And so no, I don't think they do. They don't have any intention of doing it. Everything they do is for a political purpose, and as far as um, they're concerned, mostly on the Republican side, mar- marijuana is not politically expedient and needs to
0: be stopped. Well, the, the bureaucrats would be very upset if you. Marijuana. If you, legalized if marijuana, even if you just make it legal for medical purposes, it, it upsets the bureaucrats because it uh, makes it diff- more difficult for the police to enforce because they can't just arrest anybody that's got marijuana. They have to check their ID to mm-hmm. make sure it's a marijuana, you know, somebody who's medically approved to and use some marijuana. Some people
1: are going to get uh, marijuana licenses that don't really need them by yeah. somebody's definition, which... I I, I don't know what that definition is, um, nor does it matter to me that much. You know, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm for marijuana legalization across the board, so I'm the kind of person that they don't trust.
0: So even if you've got the American College of Physicians, even if you've got uh, a doctor from uh, the director of the Center for AIDS Research, even if you have all these experts testifying in favor of medical marijuana saying, please, let's end this insane ban on it, just at least on the medical aspect of this. If you if you presented all of that information, most of these politicians would say, well, the chiefs of police are telling me this is a bad idea, so right. I'm just going to stick with what they have to say. Right.
1: As though the chiefs of police have ever healed
0: anyone from anything. Yeah, they're experts now, right? Right. I mean, how how did they get to be experts? Well, they're not experts necessarily. They uh, would say, well, we don't necessarily believe all the evidence, but besides, it doesn't matter. Even if this was okay, it would send the wrong message to the young people of America.
1: Right, as though um, the drugs that are being abused out there, uh, some of some of which are legal, you know, that's that's the thing. There's oxycottons are out there being abused. All kinds of drugs are being abused. Yeah, but you know, there's people out there that'll take anything if they think it'll get them high. So, what what kind of message is that sending? There's drugs out there that are legal through prescription that'll get you high. As a matter of fact, there's ones that are um, legal without a prescription that'll get you
0: high. Hey, bleach is legal. I could go swig a, swig a gallon of that if I wanted to. Yeah, you could huff gasoline. Right. Is that sending a message that it's a good idea to do those things? Of course it's not. By re-legalizing these drugs, all you're doing is you're sending the message that, hey, we made a mistake and we were wrong for the last several decades. We were wrong to imprison these millions and millions of Americans that have had their lives ruined by this war on drugs. That's all. You're just admitting a mistake. But government government isn't so good at that. No. Uh, a little bit more here. One of the challenges, this again from the Center for and they for AIDS have nothing research. to lose. That's that's the other problem. That's is, right. Is
1: the incentives? The government has nothing to lose. Politicians so have nothing to lose.
0: They're certainly not going to lose an election over this one because the marijuana, you know, the the people that smoke marijuana don't really seem to be very politically active. They won't go out and, and do anything to change. And stuff.
1: even if they did happen to lose an election over it, um, you know, they the feedback isn't as real time as uh, you know, the, the marketplace provides.
0: Uh, This again from the Center for AIDS Research at uh, University of Alabama. One of the challenges in HIV-AIDS treatment is helping patients to adhere to drug regimens that may cause nausea and other noxious side effects. The relief of these side effects that marijuana provides can help patients stay on life-extending therapies. The uh, statement by the America's second largest doctor's group demolishes the myth that the medical community doesn't support medical marijuana, said the uh, Marijuana Policy Project Executive Director Rob Campia, who, by the way, claims to be a libertarian. The ACP's statement smashes a number of other myths, including the claims that adequate substitutes are available or that marijuana is unsafe for medical use. 124,000 doctors have just said what our government refuses to hear, that it makes no medical or moral sense to arrest the sick and suffering for using medical marijuana. I mean, is this case closed yet for you out there? Is there anybody out there listening to this show tonight that's still on the fence on this issue? So, it's the American College of
1: Physicians
0: has now come out and said that we what they we need to legalize it or that we need to study it the it's a whole position paper they put out essentially it says that they've endorsed the medicine uh, the medicinal use of marijuana okay called for more studies of its medical uses, which is completely illegal okay the DEA will not allow anyone to do studies and urge the u s government to get out of the way. Okay, well, if... Um, 124,000 medical doctors.
1: Then I'm going to uh, uh, you know, go out on a limb here and say that if you uh, think marijuana should not be a- available for medicinal use at this point, you are just
0: obstinate to the point of idiocy. This case is closed, and I would love to hear from you if you disagree. 800-259-9231, the American College of Physicians is behind it, anybody who's... Uh, maybe the, I don't know what the American Medical Association is. It like, seems to me like a cartel. Uh, they seem to be the ones that are always advocating for more uh, government restrictions. essentially so, a union. I don't know what their deal is, but these guys, as far as I'm concerned, credible. 124,000 internal medicine specialists dealing primarily with adults have come out in favor of re-legalizing marijuana, at least for medical purposes. They definitely want to see more testing. And they want to see the government leave people alone. These are sick individuals that need help. Why wouldn't we want them to get the help they need from whatever the source it's derived? More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800- Two five nine ninety two thirty one the SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy those on us. By the way, those features include the bulletin board system, over 300,000 posts, a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff, and everything in between. You'll find it all totally free at bbs.freetalklive.com. So get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And you also need to know that the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festivals, better known as Porkfest, happening this year, June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest. You'll be able to see firsthand why Ron Paul loves New Hampshire and its activists and learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. So again, your call's about anything if you make them uh, surprisingly or I guess not surprisingly, no one has called in to say that they are still against the re-legalization of marijuana, at the very least for medicinal purposes, because that case has been closed. Unfortunately, the politicians and the cops are still the two groups, uh, the, the two interest groups that are against this. Uh, they don't want to make a move at all in the direction toward freedom, as evidenced by what is going on here in our very own New Hampshire, Mark. Have you heard the latest on the marijuana decrim bell up here? No. Well, as you uh, may recall, I mentioned that I went to, to testify in this particular case a few weeks back.
1: Now, this is not having to do with uh, medical marijuana. This
0: is having to do with uh, actual marijuana uh, decriminalization, right? That's correct. Uh, th- this would The original proposal was that the New Hampshire state laws on marijuana would be reduced. The penalties would be reduced from a misdemeanor to a violation, which means you can't be arrested for it, which means that you uh, you would just get a fine. Okay. And the the original penalty was a $2,000 fine and an arrest, so you could, you know, spend a year in jail, because uh, it's a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Now, their proposal was on the table was, if it was in a uh, an ounce and a quarter or less of marijuana, you'd get a $200 fine, and that's it. Okay. So, you you know, you wouldn't ruin your night completely by being arrested and... Having a record for that,
1: right? It would just stink getting two hundred dollar ticket, but you know, two hundred dollar ticket beats the hell
0: out of a conviction. It, all it is is a step in the right direction, right? right? And it's that's a pretty darn reasonable step considering last year they had put up a total decrim proposal, which would essentially have completely decriminalized marijuana, mm-hmm. just wiped it off the the law books, basically.
1: Well, I like that uh, the, the sort of the system that's uh, that they have there. The you know, put up the decrim bill entirely, mm-hmm. and then give them the option of going for a, a reduced, uh, you know. Sort of sentence. Thing.
0: Well, now it's reduced even more. It came out of the uh, the subcommittee. I think it was last week. Yeah. With a three-one approval, so that was a good sign that it was th- you know three people voted in favor, one voted against. Uh, but unfortunately, it came out with some modifications. And one of the modifications was that it's now only a quarter ounce or less. So it went from an ounce and a quarter to a fifth of that basically. Uh, it's still a $200 penalty, so if you have an ounce of weed in, in uh, New Hampshire, that's still going to be apparently a felony, as I understand it, which is awful. Well, uh, But you could still say, okay, still in the right direction. Well, this week, they voted again. The full committee voted on mm-hmm. it this time, and uh, they voted it inexpedient to legislate, which means uh, that they don't think it should pass. I see. So, even after... A, and a, usually, and the vast majority of the time, uh, when
1: that... Uh, what. Inexpedi- they they have some initials for it and whatever it is I T L yeah I T L
0: is uh, uh, put upon it
1: it doesn't go anywhere
0: that's usually what happens but it does mean that it will still go to the full apparently it may still go to a full house floor vote I believe it does yes so there is a chance that it still could go through and the marijuana advocates are certainly going to uh, pull out as many stops as they can to to try to make this happen but just you know looking at the way it's gone so far it's really hard to get excited isn't it. Yeah. I mean, they just chopped it down, chopped it down, knocking it here, knocking it there, and it's like, you know, there are so many people that came in to testify in favor of this. People in law enforcement came in. That they had a guy who runs the prisons in one of the counties here in New Hampshire. He came in to testify in favor of decriminalizing marijuana, because he understands that most of the people coming through his door, at least a significant percentage of them at the prison that he works at, are completely non offenders. Mm-hmm. They've just been arrested for possession, and... It's wasting jail space. He understands that. Bradley Jardis, also from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, both of these guys from LEAP, uh, by the way, their website, leap.cc, great organization, both of them really did a great job testifying in favor of this. Uh, A medical student came in to testify from sort of a medical perspective, and she did a fantastic job, also a Free State Project member. Just the the room was full of people testifying in favor of this. And the only two people that were there against this particular piece of legislation Mm -hmm. were the Chief of police, the the head of the chiefs of police, and the New Hampshire attorney General's office, their prosecutor, their drug prosecutor. So two bureaucrats whose paychecks are partially funded or fully funded by this insane war on drugs.
1: And um, they were paid to be there. They were the only ones that were being paid to be there that, that we know of.
0: Yep. So, so now it's going to go to a full vote. And, of course, again, we're going to try to do what we can here. But, again, it's hard to get your hopes up. And it's so sad watching people beg for their freedoms, Mark. Well, you know, and, and this is, unfortunately, this is, uh, it's
1: true in most states. I don't think most states, uh, they, they have the amount of people going and testifying for these things. But, you know, every state's the same way. They don't want to give up on this moneymaker that is um, illegal
0: marijuana. So we'll keep you up to date, and of course, if uh, you've got developments in your area, do share them with us at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I always have my eyes on the uh, the entire uh, drug, regali- uh, drug 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 re legalization scene, if you will. But speaking of other drugs, let's talk about uh, caffeine, Mark. Let's talk coffee. Well, it, I
1: it, I don't know that my uh, email is really about caffeine; it's more about economics. But uh, oh, I thought it was about coffee. It is about coffee. Well, there you anyway, go. Anyway, uh, by Mark, proxy, that's caffeine. How do you feel about fair trade? I've um, hmm. I've heard Ian speak about buying from other countries on several occasions, but I can't recall if he was speaking specifically about fair trade or just international business in general. Do you think fair trade is necessary or beneficial?
0: Fair trade, before we go on, is typically bandied about by leftists that, uh, you know, they say, well, we need an even playing field so everybody can be on the same level and everyone should get paid the same amount. That kind of mentality is what's usually spouting off the term fair right. trade.
1: Well, if, um, you know, and if, if we're going to talk about it before I get through here, that's fine. Um, the any time that anybody says fair, um, it immediately sends up my antenna. Mm-hmm. What? Fair? You mean you get to decide what's fair? Because fair, I'm sorry, people when whoever told you that fair exists lied to you it just doesn't exist because fair is different for other for different people
0: well to me fair is freedom
1: right and and right. that's the freedom is the only way you're ever going to get fairness how do we decide like for instance uh, let's say you're hiring a plumber to come to your house to work on your uh, plumbing um is
0: i think it'd be fair if i paid him 10 bucks an hour
1: right you think it's fair 10 dollars an hour he think it's he thinks it's fair that he gets 200 <laughs> well, the only way that you two can actually figure out is what is fair is if you are free to decide what that rate's going to be. Yep. You're going to decide, well, I think I could go 50. He's going to decide, ah, I could go 75 and you meet at 62.50 an hour or whatever. Yeah. That's generally I think what's the church. Yeah. So, um and that's how it works. And so that's what fair is. Fair is people coming to an agreement as to what the market value is. Fair is not something that someone else
0: decides um, as to what it is. But is. He's got more to his email. Yeah, there's, um, Yes, she does. All right, we'll there's, get to that. 800-259-9231 to take your calls as well. Whether you want to talk about this so-called fair trade idea or marijuana, whatever's on your mind. If you make the call, you can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a shrine of female listeners. The dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. People remember the shrine, by the way. I talked to a program director today in Ohio. I hadn't spoken with him in over a year and uh, he was you know appreciative of hearing from me because there's like 900 talk stations i can only call so many and uh, he he asked me about the shrine. He said, "Hey, you guys still doing that thing with the the lady listeners?" Oh yeah, <laughs> you sure are. Nothing ever changes with boys, does it? He said I should. Uh, he said I should, should send the program directors special, more explicit links uh, to the shrine ladies. And I said, ah, <laughs> "That's a good idea, but those are reserved for our amplifiers." Anyway, let's uh, continue here. Mark.
1: I'm willing to give the uh, the program directors uh, uh, you know a, a membership to the amplifier club. That's a good point. I'll consider that. You can lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet, and you can do it by checking out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to FTLDiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's FTLDiscount.com. And I have a friend who has uh, done this program. He perhaps hasn't been uh, quite as religious as he, he's supposed to be, but he's he's lost in, inside of 30 days, and he's doing sort of the, the tone-down version. He's lost 25 pounds. So Sweet. It or At this point, more, but uh, it, when nice. I had spoken to him.
0: Our toll-free number is 800-259-9231. We pick up the email again, Mark. Uh, this one is about so-called fair trade. Let's continue before we continue the, uh, the, the discussion, get through the email yep.
1: here. Um, let's see. Just one second. Sorry about that. There's an actual reason why I'm wondering about fair trade, which is that I'm setting up a business. I'm trying to decide whether I should buy fair trade or regular coffee beans. Theref- Ooh. Yep. Therefore, whether fair trade is uh, that much more beneficial to the farmers or if it's actually just a Western guilt trip. If it's actually beneficial to them, then I'm all over it because I really don't want to hurt anyone. But if it's just a Western illusion of being a good citizen, and in reality it doesn't help at all, then obviously it's pointless. My uncle has a little uh, coffee farm in uh, Ghana, and he said that Nestle buys all their coffee in the entire region. Evidently, Nestle doesn't care about the quality, so they don't invest in the farms. According to my uncle, they're not going hungry, but they don't have the funds to expand or improve either. So there you go. Um and you know that's just her experience. It's a guilt trip. Well, I I've I've sp- I spoke to a couple of people about it's marketing. This. That's all it is. It, it it largely it is marketing. Um, but it's a it's it's a problem at the same time. Now, first off, fair trade is completely voluntary and that's cool. Yeah, yeah. There's no government involvement. Right. I understand it. Um, and it's essentially like giving a tip to someone. I mean, you know, in the marketplace, you could, you know, the the the, the the value of a meal is set in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. A, a restaurant decides what they're going to sell it at. You decide if you want to go in there and buy it at that. The tip is up to you. You can decide to leave 15%, which is what people normally do. You can say, I got really bad service. I'm not leaving anything. Or I'm a jerk, and I'm not leaving anything. Yeah. Um, or I really like this person. I'm going to leave 20. Some people leave uh, all kinds of money. Sure. Um, and so it's kind of like a tip. How's For- that?
0: How's it like a tip?
1: Well, it's um, you didn't, the, the, you're giving more than you need to give in exchange for something. You understand? Yeah,
0: I see what you're saying. I mean, it's, you could also call that paying too much. You can call it that. Um, it, you know, and, and of course, you do know that you're paying too much when you buy the fair trade coffee. So it's not like you're getting right. And a the fair trade is over your eyes. At,
1: I believe it's a dollar twenty six per pound or something like that. Um, oh, there's
0: some organization involved. Here? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you're sort of fair trade certified, and it's yeah, a co-op of farmers in a given region who sell their beans to somebody who wants to, who says we're going to pay more. And what that does is it'll, um, essentially it sets the rate of, uh, the value. Rather than going on the commodities market at most at 50 cents or 60 cents a pound or whatever mm-hmm. it's going at at any given time, and somebody could call in with that number if they'd like to tell me what it is. I didn't check it. But it, it's about that, 60, 75 cents. So, um, rather than doing that, the, you're, um, the, the, the farmer's guaranteed to get a buck 26 per pound. And what that does is it causes a farmer not to work as hard. He's not trying as hard. He's going to get whatever he gets, even if he has low-quality beans. You know, they, they they do have some they do have some rules on quality of bean, but uh, you know, it doesn't have to work as hard. What it, it's it's essentially a co-op, a farmers union. What about the farmer that isn't in the union? I mean, is it fair that all these other farmers get to sort of uh, you know get paid more? What I mean, you're helping those farmers, but you're not helping the rest of the farmers.
2: Hmm. That's a good and point.
1: It's it, sure it's it's helpful and everything, but. You know, coffee's driven by the marketplace and its value and the production and all that other stuff. And you know, you have good years and there's a there's a coffee glut. All the rest of the farmers are going to you know their rates are going to be uh, market rates. So it could be driven down to 35 cents a pound for coffee. Right. Not these farmers. They're getting a buck 26 no matter what. Buck 26, Buck 26, every pound they produce, and it it sends the wrong signals. It doesn't send market signals to these farmers in the same way that the rest of them get it. If these farmers um, were put back into the marketplace, the real marketplace, then possibly the rates for coffee beans could go up for everyone because people, you know, there'd be a demand from the farmers that there would be, you know, there'd be more farmers with larger demand saying we want higher rates. And I think that it hurts. Essentially, the other farm. Yeah, but competition drives rates down, too. Competition does drive rates out, but competition drives, um, you know, but but demand
0: drives rates up in, on the uh, supply side. Demand. Well, now let's talk a little bit more about the product, because, Mark, you're a bit of a, a coffee drinker, right? I, dr- I
1: drink decaf coffee, sure.
0: But you drink a lot of, I mean, you've been around and you've dr- yeah, had a lot of coffee. Yes, you don't drink coffee. That's right. You've told me that this fair trade coffee you've had some of it before, and it's not outstanding no um I didn't
1: consider it to be outstanding there there is well a lot of it's in the roasting right
0: <laughs> but um yeah i i'm not I'm not that impressed right, so you're paying more For, only really to feel good yes. about helping some poor farmer across you know halfway across in the same world. way you'll you're not actually getting a better cup of coffee in the same way you'll feel
1: good if you give a server who didn't do anything outstanding at all didn't make you feel good didn't uh you know do anything great for you if you gave him bean a really a large tip yeah yeah
0: so this is again market based so there's not any objection that we have, if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do, is buy this fair trade coffee, you are going to have to pass those costs on to your customers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she's talking about it from a business perspective. She's asking, she's talking about possibly opening up some sort of business that involves selling coffee, and she's yep. wondering if she should go in and, uh, and do business here. What I guess you would really have to look at is your market segment. Who are you yeah. going to be marketing to? If because you're marketing to
1: liberals, if that's your uh, market segment, then I would say... Go right ahead. Liberals love that stuff. I, they eat it up. Yeah. I actually spoke to a gentleman who sells coffee about this same issue, and he said that he had uh, he was donating out of his own pocket. He would buy the because um, he has partners. He would buy the the, pound, the the coffee itself ground, give it to this particular church, and uh, the church said we want free trade coffee, free trade or fair trade? I uh, sorry, fair trade coffee. We want fair trade coffee. He was donating it to them. Wow. Free. And they said, we want fair trade coffee. It's better for the farmers. So somebody read a line somewhere that said Mm -hmm. fair trade coffee is good. And, uh, you know, basically snubbed this guy. And he stopped giving it to them. He went to a different church
0: and um, started giving them the coffee. Good good for him. Yeah. So if you feel like the bulk of your uh, customer base is going to be somebody that will respond to the fair trade sell, if you will, then you probably should. Yep. But if you're... If you don't feel like they're going to be a huge market segment, or you yep. don't feel it's going to matter, maybe you could do some testing of some sort to to see what people's reactions right. are. Uh, you know, would you prefer a better tasting cup of coffee, or would you prefer to feel good about buying your cup of coffee? Right. That's and that's what it is. It's just
1: branding. It doesn't really. It it sure it does things for those. You know, it's it's always good to get paid more than you're worth. That's great, but you know those farmers they they haven't earned it. That's the way I see it, and. Um, you know, from a good liberty standpoint, it's not fair, it's not right, and it's not just to buy from those farmers at an inflated rate. While there's other farmers the out other ones there, out in the cold. yeah, out there wishing that they uh, could. You know, get in on that deal.
0: And who knows what the uh, the requirements are? I mean, who knows what, the, what where they've set that bar yep. for those farmers to get involved in that particular cartel or the, the union, whatever you're
1: calling you know, it. The better thing to do, is, as far as I'm concerned, is to uh, buy your coffee at market rate and support a charity that's uh, in, that, in a given country that you want to support it. That's a great
0: idea. Because who knows how much of that uh, fair trade price is going to overhead to operate mm-hmm. the union and make a few fat cats happy. Could very well be. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one sounds suspicious to me. I'd stay away from it. Odds are good if you're in a relatively normal area, you'll probably do just fine with any old regular coffee. Yeah,
1: it might as well just say Greenpeace approved.
0: <laughs> there you go, nonsense. Uh, and so, if it tastes good, I think that's probably going to be the number one seller. Low price, good tasting. If you can match both of those, you'll probably be a success. Then again, there's a lot of competition out there in the coffee field, so. That's tough business anyway. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Atmosphere is important, too, I think. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls uh, here in a moment, but also need to tell you if you want to support the show, then we invite you to buy some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase, whatever it is, new item, used item, 41 categories to shop in. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer. Huge selection. Great deals. Uh, anyway, enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com if you want us to get a cut. It's that simple. We go to the AMP line and William in Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live.
3: Yeah, I think I can make the libertarian argument for Fair Trade. Please do. Um, well, for one is Fair Trade is an independent certifying body. Yep. Not a government agency. Yep. Two is a voluntary system. Yep. Three a lot of the people in the fair trade region or the countries
4: that they're doing it are from oppressive regions or uh, oppressive governments.
1: Hey, we all have oppressive governments, my friend. Oh, oh yeah, (laughs) uh, of
4: course. (laughs) Government, by definition, is oppressive. Uh But but a more oppressive, uh, uh, maybe totalitarian government um, um, where the people don't have as much economic freedom. Um, And I I think that... This
3: these countries coming in to make sure that the governments aren't exploiting the workers um,
4: is a good thing.
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm all for uh, workers not being exploited. But the government isn't, you know, the governments of, say, Colombia or something like that, they don't have anything much to do with the coffee trade, certainly not any more than the United States government has to do with our coffee trade. Um, you know they're not, they don 't have their hands in it too much, and I think that personally um, you know I, I can see where you 're coming with the voluntary thing and that 's where I started with on that whole email I said that it 's absolutely voluntary, and from that standpoint, one should uh, enter into it and do it if one wants to but um you know to me i think it screws up what about the people in Ghana, right what about the people in belize what about um, all these poor farmers whose essentially the rates are being driven down because there's a, a co-op of people who are getting paid a buck 26 per pound
0: i'd rather personally spend my money if i'm going to buy coffee i'd rather spend my money with the farmers that aren't fat and happy the ones that are actually out there working really hard i'd rather i'd rather send them my business personally will you have any other thoughts we got to let you go soon that's it. Thank you, dude. Just kind of a uh, scratchy line there. I liked what he was talking about, but uh, I know I know how you are about your sound quality, my friend. uh oh, it was actually I think our line, so it wasn't him. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So more on this fair trade thing. We pretty much wrapped that one. Up. I I am. All right. In that case, we move on to Muncie, Indiana. In a uh, the category of crimes that you thought, well, you never really thought of as crimes. Whitney Stump didn't like watching drivers ignore the stop signs at the intersection outside of his home, so he asked the city to paint crosswalks there. When the city said no, he made one himself. <laughs> took, it in, took the law into his own hands. Yep, turns out the city wasn't too appreciative about, uh, about that. Stump, who's a 27-year-old Ball State University graduate student and father, says he was arrested in July on a charge of criminal mischief for creating the crosswalk at the intersection uh, near his house. A police officer then warned him after he went back to touch up the paint in August, and the county prosecutor decided to charge him again. Stump told the uh, Channel 6 News uh, that if they're not going to provide a safe environment for me and my community, then I believe I have a moral obligation. Well, uh, tell me again what he did. He painted a crosswalk. So his road did not have a crosswalk. He He, asked for one. They did not give him one.
1: So he went out and did the work himself. Was the crosswalk... uh, it's you see it, it. What what bothers me on that one is you know there's rules on crosswalks. Cars must stop for people in crosswalks. That kind of thing.
0: In some places there are those rules. I think
1: that I think largely that's true. They don't put crosswalks down unless a car has to stop for you unless you're in it. It's just that some places that's not true. Paint more crosswalks than others. Now if there a crosswalk were crosswalks
0: is, all over Sarasota where we used to live in, it was not a law that you had to stop at them.
1: Where were the, where were these crosswalks that you're talking about?
2: By
0: every intersection. Well, yes. If, if, a little, you press a little button and it goes Right. If it's in an intersection,
1: street. obviously the pedestrian has to wait until the light changes. Mm. But if the crosswalk is just out in the middle of anywhere, see, if the crosswalk's in front of a stop sign, I'm fine with it. If the crosswalk's just out in the middle of the damn road someplace, then what he's doing is he's, he, he's
0: playing traffic cop. So I'm not, I am not. don't know what he's... Um, well, he's very upset that people are ignoring the stop signs at the intersection outside of his home, well, so that's what he wants to do, is he wants people to slow down. If it's at a stop sign,
1: that's fine. If, if it what? If if he painted the crosswalk at a stop sign, I'm good with that. If he painted the crosswalk in the middle of the road someplace...
0: No, I'm looking at the picture here, oh, okay, and it okay. is at the corner. I mean, I can't see the stop sign, but I am seeing a corner, so it is at the corner here, and presumably that's it's right by the stop sign. All it's, right, County's wrong. It says here, um, he says... Stump said he first asked the city to do the job, thinking crosswalks would get drivers' attention and make them more aware that they needed to slow down. So, I mean, we don't we know what the laws. Paint. Well, we don't know what the laws are in uh, in Muncie, and it, it doesn't specify it here in this story. But if it were if it was the law that one has to stop at a crosswalk if someone is waiting at it, it probably would mention. But he's saying that he just thought it, that it would encourage the drivers to slow down. Well, so it wasn't like he was trying to exploit the law or anything like that. A crosswalk, I, th- I think
1: that, I know, I'm, I'm, I believe that the county is wrong in this one. If the crosswalk's at the stop sign, then the car has to wait for the person to p- cross in front of them. Hmm. Um, I, I, as far as I know, that's everywhere and that's
0: universal. But, you know, yeah, it, it's at a stop sign, for God's sake. That's where it should be. He says, I called the street and sign department probably half a dozen times in the course of six months to a year, he said. Got completely ignored. But the city said painting a crosswalk in a residential area is not necessary unless the intersection's near a school. In Stump's case, the intersection isn't. So Stump bought some paint himself and used it to create a crosswalk at one of the intersection's four spokes. Good for him. He says, I used spray paint on the outline and went to Walmart where they had a sale on white paint and just rolled it out, he said. Stump said he didn't hear about the second charge right away, causing him to miss a court appearance. Because he missed his court date, he spent 10 hours in jail. The city hasn't covered up the crosswalk. Stump says he intends to paint crosswalks on, on the intersection's other three spokes. So, good for him. Yep, keep doing it. Uh, way to go, dude. A little bit of civil disobedience there. He's decided that this would help the uh, the road situation out in front of his house. He's taken it's all in his hands. He paid for the paint. He's spending the time doing it. I don't understand what the objection is here. I can't see one either. It's just control, right? I citizen we this is our job. You Well, mean, he's making them look
1: stupid. For another thing, you know, they're not doing their job. They're not trying. They're not out there protecting us. And God knows we wouldn't want to take away, take the work away from some county employee who only gets forty dollars an hour to paint, um, (laughs) you know, to paint on the road for maybe, you know, four hours
0: out of the day while they take the lunch breaks the rest of the time. You know, this has to be I mean, this had to have come to as a come as a shock to this guy, a charge of criminal mischief. For it's doing ludicrous. what's a what's a relatively good job, I'm looking at the picture of the crosswalk. Looks like and, a crosswalk. Yeah, it's a crosswalk. I mean, it's not like he uh, painted it with crazy colors or graffiti-looking crosswalk. It's a regular-looking crosswalk with the white bars that go across the road. <laughs> so what, what else would it be? You well, know? The, you know they'll arrest you for anything these days, and it, for doing the right thing in this case. It's, yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, it's his road. It's out in front of his house. It's not the government's road because again as I pointed out before how would you feel if he put in speed bumps?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like that so I, again much, would you? it's
0: his road man as far as i'm concerned he can So you've just decided it's his road? Yeah it's out in front of his house it's his road.
1: Okay. Because it's not the government's road. What if he's how do you know he's not a renter? Well that's a good point. I don't know about that. I'm presuming he owns the property. You and your silly free marketeer sensibilities. But
0: but the fact is the government, uh, even though the government built the road, it's not their road because you and I paid for it, right? And also the government stole the money that it took to, uh, to pay for those roads. Right. And so, therefore, like a thief that steals money from your wallet and then goes and buys a TV set with it, the Says, thief "That's my TV, right?" Sorry, the thief doesn't own that TV set. You, as the person who had the loss, have the absolute right to repossess that TV set, sell it at the pawn shop, or keep it for however you know keep it if you like it, because that's how you make yourself whole after you've been stolen from. So, as far as I'm concerned, this guy is completely in the right. And uh, he should be applauded for not only having the courage to do it once, but twice, and after being arrested twice, to have the courage to come back and say, state in this news article that he plans on going to add three more crosswalks to the intersection.
1: Yeah, I don't propose to have a, a solution to the whole uh, roads problem out there. As a matter of fact, I, I try to, to, to avoid the roads issue as often as I can. I do, however, applaud this man's, uh,
0: you know, like he's he's brave. Oh, I saw a neat video today, Mark. About uh, it was uh, I think it was in India, maybe it was Asia, Asia somewhere. But anyway, the uh, the place where it was it was a video. It was video footage. I think India is in Asia. Of yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> anyway, it was video footage of uh, these th- this road that has no traffic control devices at all. Uh huh. And watching these cars interact with one another, watching the way they turn, watching how they got along without anything resembling stoplights or stop signs, anything at all. No controls. What do you know? It worked. There was no problems. It was a little strange looking at it because we're not used to seeing this. But it is possible for people to uh, exist without all these silly government rules uh, controlling their life. Hour two's coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there... Totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, coming up here, we've got a story about a man who, yet again in the category of things you never thought would be crimes, <laughs> a man canceled his trash service. We'll explain what happened to him as a result of that, but first we go to your phone calls and talk to Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Stephen.
4: Hey there. You know, I was thinking about um, something today you might be interested in. I used to work in a completely self-regulated business i used to own a business and uh the industry itself was completely self-regulated no government intervention whatsoever
0: and what business is that
4: uh i owned a boat repair service i'm a uh marine electrician i talked to you last night i now work on oil rigs Hmm. but uh i'm a member of the free state project and when i get up there i might look into starting up another boat repair business as a uh Marine electronics, marine electrician. Uh, Great!
0: Right. I know there are a lot of lakes up here in New Hampshire, and I know a number of people have boats sitting out on them. So I'm sure there's a there's some, at least some demand for your services there.
4: Right, and there's also a nice shoreline there too. Maybe some fishing boats I can get in on. But uh, at any rate, there is uh, no there is no government, whether it be state or federal, uh, rules regarding the proper installation. You know, like Mark, I guess you're getting your house built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the electrician has to be certified, and has to be an inspector, and so forth. Well, uh, any—pardon uh, my French—but this is how I usually say it: any jackass. Yep. Uh, That's—I can say that word. I'm you pretty can do, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh,
4: any jackass can just up and declare himself a marine electrician, get a bag of tools, and a truck or a, whatever—a Volkswagen—and uh, get a business license, or not. Uh, I know a lot of guys do it on the—you know—under the table. Uh, and say, hey, I'm a marine electrician, and uh, your basically your credentials are your history. You know, if you if you yeah. get a bad reputation, you're not going to get much work. If you get a good reputation, you will. I I actually had a pretty good, uh, pretty doggone good reputation that supported my family for three years until I got a better
0: offer. So you're telling me. Let me see if I've got this straight. You're telling me, Stephen, that uh, despite the fact that there's no government regulation, there's no licensing for this whatsoever. Right. Despite that fact, people's boats aren't catching on fire on a regular exactly. basis.
4: Yes, yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, there is a, a group called the American uh, Boat and Yacht Council, the ABYC, mm-hmm. and they they have a a certification course. You can go there and take it. I, I don't know anybody who's ever done that. Uh, wow. Their publications are very, very good. Uh, but you know what they do when you get their publications, you know, on proper wiring of this and that and everything, you know, the standards uh, that they feel should be adhered to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end of the book they say, oh, you know, and by the way, you can come and get this certification course. And I know obviously somebody somewhere gets this certification course, you know, or else they wouldn't offer it. But I, uh, you know, after uh, a decade or or more in the business, I never met a single person who was ABYC certified, not one. Hmm. And and, the ABYC is, you know, it'll say, okay, this, uh, you know, you should wire this. This way it should be supported uh, with uh, metal. You know, if you're running a cable, for example, it needs to be supported by metal tie wraps every uh, 18 inches. Uh, Well, most guys I know go beyond that and hit it every 12 inches because, uh, you know, we we go above the standard because every 18 inches the wire is going to be hanging down. Uh, a hmm. bit, right? And, so, and, uh, so we we uh, most people I know usually go beyond the ABYC standard. Something as important no as effector- the
1: wiring in boats. I mean, you know, people can die because of wiring somehow. Some, right. Something that important can manage to make it in the marketplace without being regulated by you know somebody. You know, that's it, right. It's and, amazing. And to me. I
4: worked I worked in the Puget Sound region of Seattle is where I have my business. Uh, in in Seattle proper, uh, one in five. People in Seattle, citizens of Seattle, Mm -hmm. have boats, have some kind of watercraft that's licensed through the state. Wow! Uh, I don't know how many. There's a few million people in Seattle. There's a Mm -hmm. few hundred thousand boats in the Puget Sound region. There's uh, dozens of marine electricians working, whether it be just you know your neighbor who knows how to wire stuff, or some guy like me who actually had a a right business, uh, you know, licensed and uh, you know licensed as a a business that is, uh, and insured and bonded and so forth uh you know dozens if not hundreds of guys like that working on boats and there weren't boats burning to the waterline anything like that we did have occasional boat fires uh of but course you're but always
1: going to have boat fires
4: exactly per capita i would say that there was there's far there are far less boat fires than house fires and and uh just going through my mind i can only think of two instances in the 3 years where uh there was there was uh, a boat fire in seattle
1: any of them any idea that they uh, uh of what caused that boat fire I mean was One, it a,
4: I know for a fact, was electrical, and in fact, I know the electrician who worked on it, and it mm-hmm. turned out that it was a uh, faulty product that he had installed. Uh, uh, Ray, uh, Raytheon or somebody in, had made this thing, and it something was wrong with it, and it burned up, burst into flames. Of course, they tried to pin it on him, but uh, it didn't fly because it was proven that, uh, that
0: he didn't cause it. It was the, uh, oh, the, and you know, the The people out there that are listening to you that might be stuck in the government paradigm with the idea that everyone must be regulated and licensed. See, people's boats are going to catch on fire. See, he just gave you an example, Mark. A boat caught on fire. Well, wait a minute. There, there are plenty of regulated businesses and licensed businesses that do an absolute slipshod job on uh-huh. the, uh, the work that they do. Just because someone has a government license does not make them responsible. It doesn't make them uh, quality workmanship. It doesn't have uh-huh. any bearing on that. It just means that they've jumped through whatever hoops the government has put up for them. Uh, so right. well, there's plenty of bad service out there, even with government licensing. And I think what you're pointing out brilliantly is that it's totally not necessary. In fact, in this particular industry, most people have decided it's not even necessary to get certified. And they're they're willing to just work off of their reputation. And that's exactly, getting the job done. The
4: reputation. And, and what I explained to a customer one time was that I trust my work because I learned how to do this business in the Coast Guard. And, you know, you're on a ship at sea picture that i I don't know if you guys have ever been out there on a cruise or anything like that you're on a ship at sea In my case it was a 378 foot long ship and you go to wire something up you know and it's high voltage 480 volts or something like that Mm three-phase thing that can really kill you or or catch catch on fire explode or whatever Mm -hmm. you wire it up then you go eat dinner and go to bed now you're going to make damn sure that what you wired up was was proper because you know you don't want to wake up smelling smoke in the middle of the night.
0: Mm-hmm. Your butt's on the line. And, and, and everybody else's that's too. Right.
4: Yep, that's that's exactly a great right. call,
0: Stephen. Any other thoughts you wanted to share with us tonight?
4: Um, you know, you guys had said something, uh, and uh, doggone Oh yeah, the guy that uh that made this crosswalk. A similar thing happened like that when I was a kid, I'll just tell you really quickly. Yeah. Um uh, there was a there was damage in the road and uh the people in my neighborhood, this is this is back in the late nineteen sixties, early nineteen seventies, people in my neighborhood Called the uh, called the county and said, "Listen, this road's damaged. There's a huge pothole. Mm-hmm. People's uh, suspension or in their cars are getting messed up, and so forth." And uh, nobody ever came. So one of the guys I went out there and put some blacktop on it. Well, he got fined for doing that.
0: Wow! Well, I know that the activists for, here. For that hole. Yeah, I know that the activists here in Keene have done something like that in the past. They just went around with some gravel and uh and just filled in the potholes and thank goodness they did because there's so yep. many of them up here i mean it's crazy it seems like right, they're just right. opening up everywhere anyway thanks for the call tonight great example well, like of a real life industry where many people might think this we need licensing we need regulation and it's working just fine in the absence of those government controls
1: it, you know um
0: it 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 kind of seems like my industry, and
1: but except that my industry doesn't have anything to do with keeping people alive. Obviously, the, you know when you're talking about a you marine mean radio. Yeah, well, they're, they they're, used to have licenses they, for did, on air. They on um, for on air. That's that's true. But uh, I'm talking about radio sales. sales. Uh, the RA, the Radio Advertising Bureau mm-hmm. has a uh, certified radio marketing analyst or something like that. They have a certification that you huh. can get. Um, What's it cost? Oh, a couple hundred bucks or something. Not bad. So it's it's cheap, but it's it's of no value to the client.
0: Yeah, what well, does the client care if The you're client good doesn't,
1: at care, doesn't care whether or not you're a qualified radio marketing, well actually it's from a marketing standpoint so whether you do a good job for them or not. That would but, seem to be maybe something to be more attractive to a potential employer. That's what it's attractive to. Got it. So an employer can uh, you know decide quickly whether you're any good or not just based on your certification
0: and you know that might be a factor with uh with what Stephen was talking about if you're in this boat repair or electric uh, electrical work business maybe if you're looking to get a job instead of working for yourself like he does if you're looking to get a job having that certification might be what uh gets you hired over Unless somebody else a
1: reputation like
0: David. right well it, i mean it still wouldn't hurt either, oh yeah especially if it's affordable 800-259-9231 to add to your repertoire more on the way you can take control of the airwaves Gene, the Christian anarchist, coming up. Hollis is calling yours as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. freetalklive.com. We've got the archives. An entire year's worth of the show. Right there on the front page of the website. Download at your leisure. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. It's all free. At freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are training and re, uh, trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. We go to the AMP line and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Hello, Gene.
5: Hey,
3: go Ron, go! See, I told you guys not to give up on Ron Paul.
0: What's happening? What is he doing?
3: Well, McCain is going to be struggling here with all the crap that's going about to hit the fan about him and it's his healing. You know, I, I still think he's not going to make it to the nomination one way or another. So really? It'll be and it'll we- be Ron Paul and and the Huckleberry.
1: Well, it'd be an interesting race at that point, but it does look it does look like McCain is uh, really, really getting a trouncing here. Um, they they seem to have come out with some sort of evidence that he's uh, gotten caught in bed with a lobbyist. No, really, got
0: caught in bed with a lobbyist. Really, yeah. And uh, I heard something about it. I just didn't read the. I didn't read more of the you details. Know, and, and it's it's kind of while interesting. while he's married, right,
1: to his second wife, uh, who's eighteen years his junior and worked for him um, previously, but they were just friends. But
0: the lobbyist is like thirty years younger than him, right?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know how much younger she is, but uh, it, it, there's, it's, it's, there seems
0: to be a pattern. Well, I can tell you that when we were at the Liberty Forum, Gene, and I know you didn't get to make it out there this year, but uh, when we were all at the Liberty Forum, Julia was walking through the, uh, the, the lobby. And in case you didn't know, John McCain and his uh, campaign staff chose the same hotel that the Liberty Forum was happening at to stay at. And so, you know, you've got John McCain and all his cronies hanging, you know, coming in and out of this hotel all weekend, surrounded by these uh, New Hampshire Liberty activists in the uh, the Free State Project. And so, inevitably, stuff was uh, was bound to happen. Of course, uh, Barry Cooper had an encounter with him, which we talked about on the show. But Julio got he winked at her, and so he's de- he's definitely a perverted, you know, kind of a pervy old guy.
1: I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I mean, I I've, I've winked at a few people that I didn't want to have sex with.
0: Yeah, I don't know well, if this was a friendly wink. This was kind of a uh, sexy wink, I guess. You could whatever. He's a, he's a dirty. He's a dirty dog
3: who's going to be uh, exposed here, and I don't think he's going to make the nomination anyway.
0: I real, to what talk would really about be on the icing on the cake would be if he liked little boys. You know how they found that out about the uh, <laughs> the other Republican guys. They seem to they seem to dig that stuff. I don't think well, that you can make any kind of blanket statement like gonna,
3: that. I was going to tell you about TSA.
0: Yeah, do that.
3: Okay, so a couple trips back, my son is going through the security. With his, with his backpack from school, and here I see the TSA guy walking over to him with a big old pair of scissors he pulled out of my son's backpack, and I went, uh-oh. Oh, dear. Here we go. Oh, man. And uh, so the guy took the scissors to a tape measure. He measured it and handed it back to my son. <laughs> put it back in his... Because you can take a pair of scissors if, as long as it's less than four inches from the hinge to the tip.
0: Now were they and, the rounded uh, kind of butter knife style scissors? No,
3: these are full size, cut your throat wide open scissors. <laughs> and they're perfectly legal to take on the plane. And then wow. I checked, and then we took we took another trip since then. So I had them. Be sh- I told them this time. I said, be sure and pack your scissors. <laughs> I want to make sure that they, you know they're going to go through again. This time, on one time, he took the scissors out and laid it on top of the bag when it went through the thing. They didn't even take a second glance at it. <laughs>
2: wow. the other time,
3: The other time, it was inside the bag, and they didn't even bother to take it out and look at it. So you can take a scissors along with you on the plane, a nice big heavy-duty metal scissors, as long as it's not more than four inches. And then I checked the website for TSA, and I found out you can also take a screwdriver if it's under seven inches long. So from now on, I'm traveling with a screwdriver and a pair of scissors in my carry-on bag.
1: Well, you know, the, for you. The one thing that is, is outlawed by law um, by the Congress, that they've decided you can't have butane lighters on, uh, on one of these planes. And I can't tell you how many times I've had a butane lighter in the backpack and how many times the darn things have gone through.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, actually now, I was reading the TSA's list of approved and non-approved items, and you can actually take a butane lighter on the carry-on now, if it's not the torch type,
1: really so, interesting.
3: They will allow you to take a butane lighter that's not a torch type, and it's got to be a certain size. Maybe it was matches that
1: they, that you're not allowed to bring, or something
3: matches, like that. Matches, You can take one bag of the non-safety. I mean, one container of the non-safety. Hmm. You know, I mean, you know, the kind that are safety matches. You can't strike them on any surface. You can take one of those little books and matches on you. Sounds like you're an expert
0: on this, Jim. Well, I mean, he's done his research, and this is so interesting because I just saw an article, I think it was online today, about uh, you know making it sound so scary because the TSA, they caught someone with a hollowed-out book, and there was a box cutter inside of it. Are yeah, you kidding me? Yeah,
3: from what me? I can see, you're allowed to take that, but I don't know because a box cutter is not a scissors. But you, if he had a scissors in that book that was under four inches long, <laughs>
2: it
3: wouldn't have been a problem. They would have said, okay, go on along. Is, you're is you're it, fine.
0: Is it just me, or does it seem like scissors are maybe a little more dangerous than a box cutter? It's certainly certainly well, the same category. Serious,
3: serious damage with the scissors. But the other thing is the stupid thing on, on liquids, three ounces of liquids. How many... Ziploc baggies? Could I tape to my body under my clothes that would never get detected by a? Certainly not a metal detector. You can walk through a metal detector all day long. With sure. Sixteen gallons of liquid on you if you got it taped under your clothes and you look like a fat man.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's all oh, you know? so it's so totally for show. I mean, it's all symbolism. There's no it real is. security. It's just a joke.
3: It's just a joke. You just kind of got to watch what you say so they don't taser you and right. uh, and. and you know, jump down your throat and throw you in jail.
0: Well, and now coming soon, we, we're going to find out here within the next few months whether or not the feds are serious about their threats to uh, start secondary screening every single person from the different states that refuse the real ID. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, it may turn out that certain people like us here in New Hampshire, uh, if we get on an airplane, we might have to all be secondarily screened, which seems a little, I believe, I still believe they are bluffing on this one, but nonetheless, it's going to be an interesting showdown between the... Uh, the feds and the state governments. It'll be,
3: like, it'll be like China, where they just simply don't have the manpower to, to take care of all of the cattle going through there. Right. Uh, like in China, when you go to the train station, for years now they've had these old, beat-up looking x-ray machines that everybody throws their bags on, and it literally goes through in one side and out the other. I don't even think those x-ray machines work because... <laughs> They've got bags stacked on top of bags. People just jamming them in <laughs> hey, there. this
0: thing's not plugged in. And, you the know, machine, that's so much the about security. Even,
3: uh, yeah, it doesn't even slow down. The belt's just going and all the bags <laughs> going through. And I'm sure nobody's looking at anything. I don't even think yeah. the x-ray part of it works.
0: Amazing story, Gene. Any else? Uh, anything else on your mind tonight?
3: No, I just thought it was interesting that from now on... uh Everybody can take scissors and screwdrivers on the plane with them. That's perfectly awesome. Legit. So,
0: like a little. So you said it was the, as long as the blade is not four inches or longer, right?
3: The blade can't be four inches on the scissors, and the screwdriver can't be more than seven inches long.
0: Got it. Thanks for the the tip, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. 800-259-9231. I think it's a good idea. I mean, if anything, you should have it on you to defend yourself in case the plane's taken over.
1: You know, um, <laughs> if the plane is taken over, you'll wish you had a pair of scissors or, uh, you know, some, some something.
0: I mean, because the both of those things are more dangerous, in my opinion, than a box cutter. You can't as dangerous. If you yeah okay, if you slit someone across maybe the throat or something with a box cutter, you could do some damage. But I mean, scissors you can just jab someone in the in the chest or something like that with those, and they're gonna go right in. Yep, they're strong. Uh, 1-800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything, this is your show, it's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airways via the toll free number at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, 259 9231 the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Egan here with you. And Mark, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy those on us. Um, By the way, those features include the wiki over fifteen hundred pages created by listeners just like you. Go and get interactive for free at wiki.freetalklive.com, W I K I dot Freetalklive. Dot com to your phone calls. Uh, let's talk to Hollis in Missouri. Hollis, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind?
4: Oh, um, well, uh, uh, I was reading, or I was in my German class recently, and they uh, they have uh, less strict uh, alcohol laws over there. Oh yeah. And there is also a less, uh, you know, less drinking problems over there.
0: It's true. Shocker, isn't it? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean uh, it, it's it's uh, widely accepted by the culture, and I mean like kids will go out and drink with their teachers and stuff. Wow. And they, yeah, and they realize that you know it's not good to go get wasted. Right. right. And, and they're
0: taught it from a very young age over there. They're taught to understand yep. alcohol uh, at their you know in their families uh, with their families in their homes. Well. From you know, it, seems under like, 10.
1: it seems like, oh, I'm going to go out and make up a number here. Ninety percent of America drinks to some level or another. It's and fair. if you're going to have, if your child's going to drink, do you really want them learning from a bunch of high school kids? That's where I learned. And boy,
0: you, it was not smart.
1: Or do you want to teach them yourself? It seems so crazy and ludicrous, this teetotaling temperance movement that we still have going on in the United States. 100 years, nearly 100 years after we realize that prohibition doesn't work.
0: Hollis, any other thoughts?
4: Oh, yeah. I'd just uh, like to thank you for taking out the time to uh, do that audio book of Market for Liberty.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time to listen to it, because that's what's important. Is it was people, great. I people it. People listen to it and then maybe pass it on to some other friends. And uh, as I mentioned before, uh, book.freekeen.com, in case you haven't had a chance to listen to it, download it for free. It's totally uh, on us, uh, thanks to the the good folks over at uh, Laissez-faire Books and the Mises Institute. Uh, also, uh, we posted a PDF version of the of the book, so if you don't want to listen, you can read it yourself uh, that's downloadable now as well at book.freekeen.com. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Talk to Carl in Montreal. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Carl. Carl.
6: Yeah, I was um going to say a few things. I guess McCain, I've been hearing about that. I hope he is exposed, uh, and I hope a lot of these other people who continue to lie to the American people are exposed as well. They need to be, you know. Yeah, people who stand up people who stand up for truth are often ridiculed and harassed and persecuted or me speaking out against the Bush regime, you know, put in prison and uh they filed trumped up charges against me. That's why I came here to Canada. And Canada doesn't seem to be interested in the truth in my case and uh you know, I called the media over there in Iran, a couple of the uh, newspapers and uh, radio stations, and they seem to be aware of the police state, you know, that's developing in the U.S. And I'm thinking about filing a political asylum in one of these other countries that's not a puppet of this Bush regime because I'm so fed up with their hypocrisy and their lying. Don't or... you have to get there first? Well, I'm thinking about putting in a claim. You know, I can leave Canada and go there or go to one I of these other countries. I thought you were in kinds. jail. Well, I'm in an immigration center. I'm not exactly in jail. I'm in an immigration detention center, and Canada doesn't seem willing to accept me. So I'm thinking of going to one of these countries in South America or maybe Iran because they seem to be more willing to stand up how for truth.
0: You, but, wait, but wait, how do you do that? I mean, I I don't know anything about this. If you're in a Canadian immigration center, you're waiting to be deported back to the United States – I mean, do you think that uh, these other countries are just going to fund your uh, extradition from Canada to their country so you can have asylum? Well,
6: what they um, said, they allow you to go to a third country, which is the law. If you don't want to go back to your country, according to the law here in Canada, you're allowed to go to a third country. And I've contacted these officials, and if I pay for my own plane ticket and uh, okay. pay for my own way, you know, they seem, you know, Concerned more about truth and exposing these people in Washington as you know, as liars and hypocrites because they run around the world preaching freedom and justice and yet they don't show justice to their own people. They don't show freedom to their own people.
0: I don't and know they, if I would choose Iran.
1: Yeah, well, to Just go out to. of curiosity, so is all you have to do is get um, is all you have to do is get a country to say, okay, you can come here. Is that right?
6: Well, that's what uh, the safe third country agreement is. That's what the. Uh, you know, before they deport you, they give you the option, according to the law here in Canada, that you can go to a third country. And uh, you have to sign a risk assessment waiver before they deport you. What's that mean? Uh, that means that you're be some risk going back to your country or if you're going to be imprisoned or uh, harassed, threatened, killed or whatever – that, you know, basically you're allowed to go to a third country according to immigration laws, that I could go to any country I want, let's say if uh, uh Venezuela or uh, Bolivia or some other country would accept me. Uh, yeah, why don't you try t- some
1: of the really, um, you know, the, the poorer countries that could probably do better with you. Give give Haiti a call. Try Belize. <laughs>
6: Ch- I'm, just, I'm New so Guinea. fed up with <laughs> your hypocrisy. I'm just looking to live somewhere else. I don't want to live in a police state. And I certainly you know. don't want
0: to live in an immigration center either. So I wish you the best of luck on that, Carl. And uh, if you make it to uh, Venezuela, give us a call from there. Thank you for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. five nine ninety two thirty one. I've been watching
1: this uh, the, these these shows on uh, the, the Travel Channel called Living with the Mech, Um and it's uh, uh, you know Mech. The, the Mech. The, What's it's, that? it's a tribe in uh, New Guinea, and uh, they're the ones that, that wear the uh, l- little carrots on their uh, their units. You know what I'm talking about? No idea. <laughs> these...
0: I'm imagining it now.
1: <laughs> That's what they do. They have these carrots. Little, well, they're gourds of some sort, ah. and they uh, essentially their only like a potato. Of, yeah, they're their only form of clothing. I'm not sure. I is think it a potato gourd. or gourd? No, no. no. Um, potato is like a, a root. Um, so it's gourds. a gourds. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to give you the shape of it, okay? okay? <laughs> um, anyway, they, they have these gourds that they just... The only thing they wear, essentially, is these gourds on their units. Wow. And... uh it's where was this? It's uh Papua New Guinea, I okay. believe, New Guinea G- huh. G- um something like that. And uh he should go there. Live with the uh live the people, get
0: uh, get a gourd put on his unit. Hey, whatever, man. Better than going back to the police state, I guess. Eight hundred two five nine ninety. I'll take air conditioning thanks. We go to Daryl in Calispel listening on K G Hello, Daryl. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
7: I had a question for you guys. You're always talking about the free market. Mm. Okay, so yes, let's are. say that let's say that I invent a widget. Okay. Okay. Now, what do I do with it?
0: I don't know. What do you want to do with it?
7: Well, I want to sell it, but with your with your concept of this free market, how how does how does that benefit
1: me? Well, so um let's say you uh I guess you're talking about uh, Ian's no intellectual property world, is that so?
7: Um yeah, whatever applies from you guys' perspective.
0: Well, the perspective differs a bit between the hosts on this show, so we're going to presume you're talking about the real free market where uh, there's no government intervention here and you can't go running to mommy government looking for protection. Uh, you could go about it different ways. As an inventor, you could try to market it yourself, which I don't recommend unless you have some marketing prowess, or you can uh, you know, take the uh, invention around to different marketing companies and manufacturers. By the way, there's a
1: guy who did this. His name uh, is Ron Popiel. He started Ronco, and he managed to get all Was kinds Was he the
0: inventor? Yeah. Oh, wow. So he started his own marketing company, and he, he built those it himself, infomercials. Yeah, inside the well, egg part, show, Egg Scrambler, the whole deal.
7: Part of the biggest problem in the United States is as far as, like, you know, the, the patent laws and all of that. You basically, you know, submit your idea, in, and it's patent pending, okay? So you mm-hmm. wait anywhere from eighteen to 18 months to three years or whatever, and... While it, while you're sitting there waiting for them to approve it, you know, it's it's basically up for grabs. I mean, all someone has to do is look at it and change your widget three times, and now it can become their, their product or their property and also file a patent on that. Mm-hmm. Copyright laws are kind of a joke. Um, you know, basically I have a design for, let's say... Uh, a scaffolding system, okay, for like painting houses and stuff like that
2: sure okay. there's a lot
7: of liabilities associated with with products and of that fashion, so Sounds the like biggest it. problem is you've got you know you've got all these things going against you you've got an excellent idea, but you know most people and i've been down this road before most people are more apt to want to steal your technology than promote it um
0: yeah, I totally, I, guess, I totally understand that. In fact, uh, and you're talking about the world we live in today, where uh, you have to be very careful who you take it around to and careful with the agreements that you sign, because there are a lot of companies right. out there that are just lurking, waiting for unsuspecting inventors to bring and them an invention.
7: Hold me over, because I have another question. I'll hang on to you.
0: 800 259 is an important issue. There are a lot of people with great ideas that, uh, under the current system, they have them stolen from them. Well... In uh, in a way. We'll explain more on the way. by these patent companies. More on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then amp up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn more about the program that stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. You send in three bucks a month. We take that money in, turn it right back around, reinvest it into the show, and get on more radio stations across the country, spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. Uh, Plus, you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in line, chat room, AMP-only shrine, uh, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks. That's LegalZoom.com. We go to your phone calls and back to Daryl and Kalispell. All right, Daryl, we were talking about uh, inventions, and you uh, are an inventor, and uh, we're talking about the, uh, the current situation today with patent law, which you apparently agree is pretty messed up. Uh, in fact, the way it works is that these lawyers that i mean they're lawyers it's their job to know the law uh these lawyers have set up companies that essentially take unsuspecting inventors. And scam them. They don't really steal the ideas. They scam them out of their ideas, essentially. Uh, They basically get these uh, unsuspecting, gullible inventors to turn over their ideas to the patent uh, companies, because the patent companies tell them, well, we're sorry, we tried marketing your product, but it doesn't look like anybody wants it. Here, just sign this piece of paper. We'll give you all your money back. And and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll just take your idea. And that's what right. uh, these guys do because they're desperate. They spend all this money and all this time, and so they get their money back, and the patent holding company snatches it up, and then it's theirs, and the inventor, if it ever go- comes to market, will never see a dime. And that's what's happening under today's system. So what was your, uh, your other question? Because I abolish, I say get, uh, just abolish it all and let the free market reign.
7: Okay, well, you guys are always talking about the free market. So what do you have set up as a mechanism to you know work beyond this or above it? And the other comment that I have is, like, the biggest problem with the free market, like, you look at the housing market, you've got uh, someone says, well, you know, that house is worth $300,000, and then the market goes nuts like it has in the last, you know, eight years before all this stuff has happened, and prices get, you know, out of hand. Well, that's based on what the market's willing to pay. And that's really not an accurate reflection. That's, That's kind of like... Being scammed, you know that's like going to an auction and having the guys in the in the audience, you know, keep hiking up the price. The same thing applies to vehicles. I mean, to get a decent work truck today, you know, you got to spend thirty thousand dollars.
0: Well, all that's of those things you're you're bringing up, the housing and the automotive markets are both highly regulated by the government, uh, so they are not examples of anything that is co- even close to a free market segment. Uh, they and and a lot of those things are right
1: but as an example um on your work truck that that work truck is it's liable to have a uh, it's liable to be legally mandated that you're able to turn off the uh the front passenger airbag right because you could have a baby in that work truck and uh therefore have to do that now that's now that's a cost that's passed on to you you have to have that in there so therefore the the car manufacturer has to pass it on they're regulated you're regulated everybody's regulated well, and they my, would be able to provide you with a brand-new truck that didn't have that at a slightly reduced rate. And God knows what else they uh, are – look you know. at
7: Ford and GM. Okay, Ford how, owns how many different car companies now? I, GM owns there's how many there's
1: many only different a few ones? car companies left, right.
7: Yeah, I know. And independent ones, they're all owned by the major corporations. Right. Okay? And and look at what's happened to the price and the products.
0: Right you also have to factor in inflation inflation is a huge factor as to why uh, vehicles are far more expensive today than they ever used to be uh, and there's also the mandated things that Mark was talking about in fact if you if you look at the price of gold and you look at the cost if you were to for instance if you were to buy a vehicle with gold instead of U.S. dollars, you'd actually find out that they cost relatively similar than what they would have cost 20 years ago if you're paying in gold. But since you since we're used to looking at it in the cost of U.S. dollars, which are constantly inflating at a tremendous rate, it does seem to be that the prices have uh, have been going up over time. But it's not true. They fooled you, basically.
7: Well, you know, as far as you know, you guys are always talking about the free market, and I don't hear you give any examples other than the ones that you've given me, or you know, any practical companies that you know have succeeded in in accomplishing, you know, it from your perspective of it being a free market. Well, because first you have of all, all these government uh, regulations.
0: I, number one, there are there are no free markets in America as long as government is around regulating things. Uh, You don't have a true free market. Now, there are some market segments that are less regulated than others, and we had a guy call in earlier tonight. Maybe it was in the first hour, so you might have missed it. Uh, But we had a guy call in tonight who was a a boat repairman, basically, and he pointed out that there's no government regulation in his field at all. It's very competitive, and people get the job done, and customers are satisfied. Uh, Plus, we've we've pointed out earlier this week, as a matter of fact, we do this all the time, Uh, we pointed out earlier this week how the computer segment, that particular market, the technology The technology market is very, very good. It's, uh, It's very unregulated. There's very little government involvement there. And as a result, you see prices consistently dropping, innovation happening all the time, new, wonderful technologies and products coming out. And again, the prices keep coming down. You get more for your money year after year. And you can contrast that with the automotive sector, which is heavily regulated. You can contrast that with the healthcare industry, which is heavily regulated. So the more government involvement you have in the marketplace... The less freedom that uh, results, and therefore, the less customer satisfaction, the Well, the reason there's the more prices.
7: government involvement is because the government owns, you know, like Microsoft is an example. I think the government owns like 60% of their stock.
1: I've never heard that allegation. I, 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 I haven't either. I don't know if I
0: believe that. Yeah, I, I find that one really questionable. Well, they really own a lot of stock in corporations, and that's how they control them. I, mean, I think that that may be a conspiracy theory. I think what you might want to look at is just the fact that they's are that they are corporations. Um by going and incorporating, you are essentially asking the government's permission to uh to have their protection services.
7: Right, but it's not a requirement, but they make it sound like it is.
0: It's not a requirement to incorporate, you mean. Right. You're right. I haven't incorporated and I don't plan on it because I have right. no and interest it's in It's not a
7: requirement to have a business license in some sectors of the economy either.
0: Right. So, again, the, the more unregulated, the more free, the better the competition, the lower the prices, the better the service. And we give examples of this all the time, so I'm sorry if you... Well, I, don't, you,
7: I don't listen to you guys all the time, so...
0: Well, there you, know, you that's, go. That's the problem. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, dude.
1: 800-259-9231. And most of the problems that he pointed out exist today in our system that don't have, that, does, you know, that, that has all this government interference. The I don't think he
0: with, was advocating for interference.
1: No. He was just curious about what it would be like without it. I, and I I got the the impression to some extent that uh, you know he he wanted to see how the um, the system would be better and that kind of thing and it's very difficult to, for us to say exactly what the free market would do in any given area especially um, in the area especially of, inventions yeah in the area of inventions I don't know and I don't advocate for, for the free market in um, in inventions I advocate for a remodeling of our current intellectual property. Well, that's laws. because
0: you don't you know you haven't done any research you don't really know what you're talking. I've about, I've done Mark. lots of research on it and um, I don't. You my, have? Have yeah. you read any of the position papers on why intellectual property is uh, is useless and yeah, it needs actually, to go I away? Yeah, actually, I have. You you have, have huh? been, what do you think well, about all because that? Because
1: all your little anarchist friends email me crap constantly, and I feel like when a listener takes the time to e- email me some um, you know piece of uh, literature there that that I don't want to read, that I should at the very least browse it, mm-hmm. and I do. So yes, I have read it, and what I would tell you is that well, my issue is what works. And what's going to sell. And I don't think that getting rid of intellectual property
0: sells very well. Certainly not to people that are looking for protectionism. You're right, Mark. And people want to have protection when they... Well, they're going to have to get over that.
1: But they look at it as their property.
0: Do you want to get over protection for your
1: property? You're talking about real property or intellectual property, Mark? Ah, see so you make a distinction. They do not. They're,
0: well, they're, they need to understand the distinction. Well, then you need to go out and educate every damn one That's of them. That's what we're here on the I, air doing. All I'm trying to do is sell liberty, my friend. I understand that. And part of that is answering the real tough objections, which you, will like to, you always like to back away from. You said earlier tonight you like to back away from the roads issue. It's an important issue that comes up again and again. Intellectual property is going to come up again and again. So the more you back away from it, the more people are going to want to know. Why don't you address that very often? Oh, I address it. And I tell you,
1: just fine. Intellectual property is something that uh, we can, you know, leave in the hands of the government.
0: So, since you asked, uh, here's the defi- here's the difference between real property and intellectual property, which isn't real; it's just ideas. Uh, the definition, the difference is between the car in your driveway and an idea in your head. Is if I come and take your car, you don't have it anymore. But if you tell me your idea, you still have the idea, and so do I. Ideas can be copied infinitely with no loss to their original. Uh, the the originator of the idea. Now, the idea creator might feel like he's lost something because well, he's, he's been lost told potential
1: that- um, potential revenue, is the way he would see it. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Well, how about this? How about I'm a baker and I make loaves of bread? Now, you can't guarantee that I'm going to sell every one of my loaves of bread every single day. And I have lots and lots of loaves of bread. Now, there's a difference between infinite. Ideas are infinite. Mm -hmm. um, And bread is finite. I get that. But there's no guarantee that I would sell that loaf of bread. Is it okay for you to steal my loaf of bread? Of course
0: not. I've got lots lots and lots and
1: lots of them. It's scarce, Mark. Oh, I therefore, understand the difference property. that it's scarce and it's right. not. But one of your points was that, um, you, know, I have, you know, I have
0: no guarantee of selling it and making a profit. So, therefore, that point that you've made stinks. Uh, no, what I was pointing out is that it's an idea and can be copied infinitely, and if you uh, borrow that idea, the original, the originator doesn't lose it. That's yep, what I was pointing out. Yes, absolutely true. You guys are the ones that usually bring up the issue about, well, what about my guaranteed profits? You never had guaranteed profits in the first place. That doesn't justify theft, Mark, and never suggested that. Hour number three is coming up. You take control. If you're on hold, we will get to you. It's Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. We roll right into your phone calls. Lee is on the line listening on KGEZ in Kalispell, Montana. Hey, Lee. Good evening. Hey. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind?
8: As you know from your computer, uh, I was calling one thing. Actually, after listening to hometown boy Daryl call, he had some local resources, and I think this is a little more for important for me to cover than my original topic was. Uh,
0: Change it up. Talk uh, about what you yeah, want.
8: We can do just about anything. Yeah, no. just
0: about. As long as it's within FCC rules, <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Too I know. It bums me out, too, but we've got right, to protect a- our radio
8: station owners and their licenses. I know? know. You're such a downer. No, Daryl uh, seems like a pretty shiny guy. He calls quite often and he um, uh, has some kind of engineering background. As a guy who manufactures and markets his products internationally, right here from Montana,
2: mm-hmm.
8: needless to say, I've talked to a few attorneys. Um, two of the patent attorneys both told me almost the same thing over What's that? time over like a 10-year different period of time for different things. Number one, you establish a market.
0: Okay, how do you do that? first
8: guy in the market, and this would be no different if there was no government or virtually a totalitarian state. Mm -hmm. Uh, Product recognition, name identification, all that stuff goes in. If you can get in there and maintain a position for a year before... Somebody thinks you got such a good idea and you're making too much money that they need to play. That's that. For with what it sounds like he's doing, you'd have a phenomenal amount of upfront tooling costs. That takes most of the people out. What you got to remember is most of the people that you want to even let know about the product are people that sell products. Home people doesn't want to even bother going to China except to buy the stuff. They don't want to go through all the grief of uh, having your product cloned over there. If you can furnish them the product and get it to them in time every month, they're just as happy to
1: buy it from you.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the retailers, that their job is to put it on the shelves and move them, not to uh, do anything else beyond really just taking stuff off your hands and, and moving them out this, the door.
8: This whole patent thing was set up pretty much, I'm pretty sure, the way that one guy insinuated was by the attorney and, and the attorneys, and the example he used, and that was all he was was a patent attorney. This guy didn't do divorces and such. Mm-hmm. Was... Um, <clears throat> Actually, he had an exclusive thing for uh, Maritime Law, too, which is another completely separate thing. But he um, said that the classic example was Pol- uh, Kodak and Polaroid suing each other over the Instamatic camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after they each spent $54 million, <laughs> they threw in a towel and said, okay, you make it for six months, and I'll sell all my inventory and make it for six months, and now nobody has an Instamatic camera anymore. Really? uh pretty much i guess uh that's uh that's pretty much a true story i know they each spent 54 million dollars suing each other for the right to make it, well, that was kind of more than the product. And that's reserve. really, yeah, I mean, well, that's
0: really the, one of the problems with the patent system is that there's so much money that these companies spend in legal fees just trying to protect themselves and, you know, hiring lawyers to make sure <clears throat> the paperwork's done right. If that money, well, I mean, if the patents were just gone, then none of that money would need to be spent. That would actually lower the cost <clears throat> of research and development, and that could make things far it's more competitive. Tremendously.
8: Uh, see, it boils down to who has the biggest checkbook.
0: What, in, this, in this world, yeah, yes, way it does. The are doing it
8: now, it's who has the biggest checkbook, who can uh, hang out in court the longest. Finally, you got to throw in the towel because you're, you're out of dough. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's kind of like uh, your gourd story. Did you get that off of liberty dot
0: I don't know. Oh, uh, the one you were talking yeah.
1: about?
0: Like, uh, the, the, uh, the, the guys
8: the, wearing the carrots the on their units? No, no. Yeah, it's, uh, the gourds. They were wearing gourds. I thought he got it off of
0: Liberty.gourd.
1: <laughs> no, it was uh, off me. the Travel Channel. <laughs> Thanks well, for the call tonight, dude. We
0: always appreciate hearing from you. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Also going to talk to Sisto in Arizona. Has have been waiting patiently. Hey, Sisto. Sisto, Arizona, going once. Do we hey, have? Hey, what's on your mind?
9: Hey, guys, I just want to follow up with a Terry Goodkind interview you guys had about a year ago.
0: Terry Goodkind, uh, author, liber- sort of libertarian-ish, more of an objectivist. He's an objectivist. And so. there is a difference between libertarians and objectivists. Uh, this guy, uh, but a good author, though, right, Mark? You're a huge I, fan, right? I am. I'm a big, big fan. Go ahead with your follow-up.
9: So I'm wondering, Ian, did you actually read any of the books? or you, I know you're busy. But no, you know, I haven't read a, a fiction. <laughs> I don't
0: remember the last time I read a fiction book. Oh, wait, wait. No, I'm reading one of Julia right now.
1: <laughs> but before that, I don't remember. I've it. got the whole series, if you want to start The Sword of Truth by uh, Terry Goodkind. We're going to read Dexter next. Uh, we're not reading Terry Goodkind. I see. Yeah. But you should support <laughs> the libertarian authors. He's not a libertarian. Yeah. He's close enough. More not good enough. for
9: Mark, and yeah. then i got a quote, and then I'll leave you guys be. Um, uh, Mark, yes. since you actually uh, read the series, and, uh, I have a question
0: you know, you know, I'm
9: putting a libertarian question into this, little full, full story. And um, when uh, Richard was trying to uh, uh, make other countries surrender to his empire to battle against, you know, another force, if there was a libertarian country, do you think they would have joined Richard?
1: <sighs> Let's see. In the case of uh, the... I don't know. It, you know, I, I think that there's. Well, I, I think Help that there's. Help me here, Mark. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Essentially, um, you know, there's this uh, there's this force that's rolling over country after country. City, An evil force. Evil force that's uh, you know, uh, moving towards uh, you know your libertarian country. And I think uh you know a libertarian's allowed to act if he's threatened, um you know like a legitimate threat. Mm-hmm. I don't mean feel threatened, I mean threatened, yeah, and it seems reasonable to me if uh you know a country's rolling over uh you know country after country on the way to your country that uh you would react to that. what was the question though
0: I've like forgotten what the question
1: was the question was would a libertarian country join Richard?
0: Well, there. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, when you say libertarian country, are you talking about a country where there's some government calling itself libertarian, or are you talking about a country without government?
9: Um, I'm talking about your kind of country,
0: Mike. Well, then I would say that if you've got a a madman uh, that is going and uh, killing people, I mean, presumably that in this process of taking over the world, he's harming others and stealing their property and killing, right?
9: Um, that's a little more to that, but you'd have to do this story. That's why the question is aimed toward mark.
0: <laughs> I, I understand well, now you're asking me about my country, and I would say that if there is the madman killing people at the very least and arming, oh yeah, destroying yeah property. over countries okay, but, uh... well, if you're killing other people, uh it doesn't I don't think it would matter at that point that if you had uh whether or not the, the force had been initiated upon you, should you want to come to the aid? I mean, for instance, if they killed your family members, I think you'd be completely justified in coming to their defense uh, in the fact that if you wanted to target the individual that was, was behind the, the entire operation, whoever it was that was uh, setting this up, whoever their leader is, go after them. Because the, uh, the free market, uh, the laissez-faire society, doesn't, is not bound by these international rules that these countries play by. And I understand you're talking about something in the world of fiction, but in the in the real world today, the different uh, governments, they have these interlocking agreements that say, well, look, when we have a war, us leaders, we're not going to get killed. We're just going to send these troops, and these troops are going to kill each other. Right. The the poor, powerless people are going to get killed. Yeah. Right. Right. So in a uh, laissez-faire society, we wouldn't be bound by any of that crap. So anybody that started something with us or anybody that we cared about, uh, you could just put a bounty on their head and say, all right. You, you better not come this way, or you're going to get a bounty on your head. And then that that uh, power monger, that politician, he doesn't want to die. He wants to enjoy, you know, being fed grapes in his palace. He wants to live the the high life. So he's not going to threaten your country if it's going to mean uh, your free land. If it's going to mean a loss of his life, uh, and and with a uh, laissez faire society, you aren't bound by those other rules. So I hope that answers your question.
9: Yeah, it does. It does. So, so let me leave a with a quote from one of the from Richard, as you like him. Everyone loves this guy. Uh, now let you guys be. The right. quote is, "Your life is yours alone. Rise up and live
0: it. Have a good night, guys." Love that. Thank you, dude. You better because you only get one chance, far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, you know, I I really do like the Terry Goodkind um, novels. Certainly, they're they're based upon they're they're based upon war and and that kind of thing. But you know, largely they they work by libertarian principles. And, you know, novels, they, they need conflict. You know, people need, need to be dying in sword and of sorcery course. books. So,
0: Of course. I wouldn't disagree with and you. And
1: one thing that you can definitely tell is, uh, All you know, stories the,
0: need conflict.
1: ...is that the leaders, besides Richard, find life cheap.
0: And, you right, know, well, they're disposable. You're an asset to them. An expendable asset. Yes, that's how they feel. 800 259 9231. You can take control of the airwaves, but it's for the good of the nation, Mark. (laughs) Whatever that is. 800 259 9231. CAI Toll Free Line. Paul in California. Your call's about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include, by the way, updates. Get on the list, and we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. In fact, one of the reasons you want to be on the updates list is is because at some point within the next few days, could be sometime tonight uh, through the end of the weekend, I would say, if you're on the updates list, you're going to be given a chance to win, win, win. (laughs) Because March 12th through the 15th is the 56th running of the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Now, it's presented by Fresh from Florida. It's the world's fastest sports cars. They're all going to be battling for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. Bring, a, bring those little squishy earplug things, because, man, it's loud. The, not just the uh, the cars, but the crowd. I mean, there's a huge, this is a huge party. For tickets and information, in case you don't win them in the next few days. Tens of thousands of people are there partying. Yeah. Call 1-800-626-RACE. That's 800-626-RACE. Or visit sebringraceway.com, March 12th through the 15th. If you love racing, if you like a huge party out in the middle of the state of Florida, uh, you don't want to miss this. I mean this is, people come from all over the place. I gave away uh some tickets to uh some of our amplifiers earlier today, and uh they're i mean they're, this one guy's going from New Jersey to go down
1: it's there. It's an awesome race i I don't think he'll be disappointed. I really don't. I, you know you're not
0: even a huge race fan i'm not
1: i had a great time though i'm not not a race fan at all i you know there's some free tickets i got a a few years ago and i went and i had an awesome time that i'll I'll remember for the rest of my life
0: so if you want a chance to win these tickets uh we're going to do it via the updates list for sure uh we might do it via the podcast uh, that that might happen as well plus we're probably going to do a pair live on the air on saturday night show Uh, for uh, all of our radio listeners to have a a chance at as well. But the updates list is going to be the easiest one. If you're watching your email box, if you're the first person to respond when I send that out, bam, tickets are yours. So go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on that list. Speaking of amplifiers, we go to the amp line, talk to Paul in California. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live.
5: Gentlemen, good to talk to you. What's on your mind tonight? By the way, the amplifiers already got a shot at those tickets. That's I right. wish I could go back to Florida. I was always I was already in Miami once this year, going to uh, Stefan Molyneux's uh, symposium. But uh, oh, really? So I just want, Yeah, he's a pretty he cool guy. Uh, Free domain radio symposium. Twenty twenty people showed up. It really was
0: interesting stuff. I wonder why he did that in Miami. Why wouldn't he do that in his home country of Canada? It's warmer. He
5: was he was on vacation. Ah,
0: you know? okay. And,
5: you know, by the time you get through to the end of January, you want to get out of Canada for a while, you know? I suppose so.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I really do understand. <laughs> so what's on your mind tonight?
5: Hey, I just want to give you guys props for, for doing an amazing job, uh, you know, on commercial over-the-air radio, talking about a stateless, voluntary, free-market society. I think that's just totally awesome.
0: Has this ever been and done before in the history of syndicated radio?
5: I don't think so. I'm not the big radio historian, but uh, I'd like to find somebody to come up with a better job of it.
0: Yeah, I've been idly following the talk radio industry, uh, You know, I guess a little more than idly, but for the last decade or so, and I, I was not aware of any other syndicated host doing this. I know there are uh, certainly a handful of great libertarian principled uh, talk hosts around the country – in fact, a number of them are also program directors, and uh, I'm I'm hoping we're going to announce a new AM station on the West Coast, or the, uh, the the West Coast area soon. Talk to one of those guys today. Uh, but oh, none of them I are would syndicated. I
5: something in the Los Angeles market, but yep. uh, I realize that it's it's there's a tough market to crack. Yeah, that's a tough a, one.
1: It sure is, but now we're, we're yeah. in Loma Linda in San Bernardino. Yeah, That's close. Not quite yeah, close signal
5: doesn't quite make it out okay. here, but, uh, but
1: you hey, you could live there if you call it Los Angeles, I don't know,
5: yeah, <laughs> but but no, I just wanted to I, when I listen to your podcast, uh i I come you come deal with such a wide variety of ideas, um, I just. One of the things I, I get into conversations at work now, and uh, my boss, we, we just had this conversation uh, this afternoon uh, hmm. about how you know he 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 wants to. Get, it's one of these people who 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 likes the idea of liberty, who thinks you know the government is a, is a bunch of crooks, but yet somehow just can't let go of the idea that government is necessary. It,
0: and give that man. That we battle <laughs> give that man a copy of the Market for Liberty.
5: Yeah, I think I will do that. Uh, we got the free audio book. Yeah, I'll put it on a CD for him. You did a great job with that.
0: i will probably um, have to be six CDs. I guess you could do MP3 files, and you could probably fit it all yeah, on one CD. Yeah,
5: I'll put it on. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it, it will fit. But, uh, but if yeah, he's... that's that, That's our job is to, to get people who understand that this election is going to be a great opportunity because there's going to be – I mean, the bull, the, the bull um, bleep is getting – so thick, and so many more people are, are really starting to see there's something terribly wrong. Yep,
0: they're figuring it out. Well, I mean, people have known for a long time that something is wrong. It's just I think now more people are coming across the real solution instead of, well, elect our guy, and we'll fix yeah. the problem. Now it's, huh, maybe the guys that they're offering me aren't really worth and now they're starting to look outside of that box. They're starting to think outside of the, uh, the the old paradigm, and it's thanks to the Internet. It really is thanks to the Internet. If it weren't for the Internet, we'd just be uh, – none of us would be here doing this right now. That's for damn sure. Uh, we, if com- we If we knew about liberty, we might be sitting around with two or three other liberty-minded friends in the areas we live just commiserating and drinking our sorrows away. Uh, but yeah, I because-
5: completely agree, because uh, I – you know – you know, up until about two or three years ago, I considered myself a conservative. I listened to talk show hosts like Dennis Prager, and, 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 <laughs> and uh, you know, and it's like you know, the guy comes across as being very uh, uh, ethical and very yeah, honest. Sure. And yet now I I, I listen to him, and it's like he argues both sides of an issue at the same time, and he doesn't realize it. You
1: know, you know, I- know,
5: and it's like that's the problem. It's like you know, all these people talk about, you know, well, you know, I mean. The government needs to be smaller and all of a And yet, you know, they completely miss the fact that, yeah, but what could, what good does government have altogether?
0: Mm-hmm. They're not asking and, the fundamental questions. Yeah. And if yeah. you if you aren't asking, I don't know if it's Thomas Pynchon, I think, that said something. I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, if they can get you asking the wrong questions, then it doesn't matter what the answer is.
5: That's a beautiful quote. And it, it, if, if it wasn't for guys like Mark Stevens and Stefan Molyneux, uh, who I only found out about on the Internet, I'd still call, be calling myself a conservative and thinking these guys really had the, had the goods and i yeah. will be all, all in favor of getting those uh, Islamo-fascists.
0: Right, <laughs> and you, you'd call yourself a conservative like and you, as though you had any idea what that really meant. I, I still yeah. don't know what it means.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, essentially, I had a thought. Conservative, if you stop and think about it, conserve means you've already got everything you're ever going to get mm-hmm. and you're trying to keep it from from wandering off. But it's like you, you've con- – conservation means you, you are already at the top of your wealth. In other words, you've got all the wealth you're ever going to get, and you're trying to conserve it.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's an absurd okay. viewpoint. I mean, anybody it's, that knows anything about the free marketplace and, and uh, wealth knows that in an unhindered market where there's no government around to control things, the wealth pie continually grows. There's not a finite amount of wealth in this world.
5: Exactly. And human progress – you know, the other problem is is that people's idea of morality out there is the idea that well, you know, we reached the pinnacle with the nuclear family and monogamy and and and, and limited government, and all this stuff. And It's like human evolution, the, the society does not change. All right. we have to do is preserve the family. It's
0: an absurd no, viewpoint. No. That's what boring. conservatism
1: is. It's protection, protecting the status quo.
0: Yep. Yeah, great call tonight, yeah. dude. Thanks for making it. 800-259-9231. There is no pinnacle. In a free marketplace, it just keeps going and going and going. The wealth continues to increase. Your pie piece keeps getting bigger. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The Seikles CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. And by the way, those features include the live streams, broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you, freetalklive.com. President Hillary Clinton, John McCain, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card, what's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose which event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue with your phone calls, let's talk to military policeman Mac on the line in Georgia. Hello, Mac.
10: How's it going, guys? Hey,
0: what's hey, up the mind tonight, dude?
10: Um, first of all, I joined the DEA.
0: You did. Oh no!
10: The data Enforcement Administration. Oh, the data oh,
0: enforcement. Yeah, oh, yeah i me scared there for a moment, Mac. I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs>
10: no, no, no. Hell freeze over first. <laughs> anyway. That's good to know. <laughs> Anyways, well, I called about them. I'm looking at the Democratic debates. Just you know, keeping up. Even when they're talking about.
0: Are they and debating about- tonight? I didn't even know that.
10: Yeah, on um, Univision. Okay. Is um debating over, hosting the debate over um, Texas for the Hispanic voters. Gotcha. If matter of fact they brought finish anyway thing. But um but well, they brought up two things, no child left behind and the the war on terror was really right now. And I got I have to um I have my own things about it and I'll be pretty quick about it. Aye, sure. But no child left behind I think is is a piece of crap. Be
0: honest, you know? Yeah, well, the Look, whole federal you know. government's involvement in education is crap. I mean, ever since the Department of Education was created in, I believe it was the mid-50s, uh, the test scores have been dropping. The results have just been getting worse and worse. And as more federal involvement, more federal spending, worse results. So No Child Left Behind is just the next step in the uh, the long line of federal regulation of local schools.
10: Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. I, mean, I just graduated. Uh, I graduated about 20 years ago. Nah, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, I just graduated when I, when, I, when I was 19. I'm 22 now. And I can remember when I was in middle school when they first started with No Child Left Behind. You know, it was a, it was a quick progression of, you know, written, handwritten tests. You know, teachers grading great the tests handed back to you to the point within a year or so of time. You know, they had, it was a learning curve that was so quick. Well, the teachers to adjust too, you know. You had the scan trial sheets, you had the computer generated test, yeah. and it was in preparation for these pass/fail tests that you had to take when mm-hmm. it was in the military. You had to take every year. If you if you, you, know, like, you fail the test, you fail the grade, basically.
0: And that's what they're doing now, you know. They're preparing the kids for the tests, and they're teaching the test. They're teaching test-taking skills so they can get get these kids to pass the test so they can move them on and get their next budget from the next year. And, you know, the interesting thing about all this is I read somewhere, I don't know how accurate this is, but, you know, take it for what it's worth. I read somewhere that the federal government pays out approximately 6% to the average uh, local school budget. So, you know, 96 cents is coming from local and state funds, and six cents on every dollar is coming from the federal government, but I believe they exercise something like ninety percent of the control over uh, state and federal, uh, <laughs> it's kind you know, crazy, over the rules. Isn't it? So uh, I mean, it's just disgusting. Now, did you say you were forty-two or twenty-two? Sometimes it's kind of hard to understand. 42, Twenty-two. Okay, so you're twenty-two now. I thought you said you were uh, out of school for twenty years. I got gotcha. you.
10: Okay. No, I, I was messing with you. I what was I'm the other point you 22. wanted to make tonight, Mac? But, but with the with the First up with no child behind. You know, it got to the point that when I was in high school, you had these pass/fail tests every class you had to take. It doesn't matter if you had a 99.9999. 9, 9, 9, get my point? In a certain class, if you failed that in the course test, you you fail.
0: Yeah, I had that happen to me. I took uh, what was called an AP class. only took one in my entire time in high school because I took one, I learned my lesson, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, I took it in computer programming and I'm kind of a, you know, I'm kind of a techie geek. Uh, I, I know my computers inside and out uh, pr- fairly well. And so I took this uh, this AP class and I, I was getting an A in the class because you know, I was doing the, 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 uh, the projects as, and I was getting good grades on them. I was programming as I should have been but the it's exactly like you said the entire thing was predicated the passing the class was predicated on passing the very final test if i didn't get a 3 or whatever it was 3 4 or 5 then I wouldn't pass, and I got a two. So I didn't, I, I, uh, I didn't get credit for the class. It was, Wasted the whole year yeah. based on one, one test. Yeah, I, I learned some programming. It's just that I'm not the test-taking type. I don't like to study. I'm not good at memorizing things. And when you're programming, you don't have to know stuff from memory. You can have a compendium. You can have a reference book sitting next to you in case you need to refresh yourself or look something up. But you aren't allowed to do that during a test-taking time, and so right. you know, I bombed out on the tests. Mac, thanks for the call tonight, dude. As always, 800-259-9231 if you needed something else. Call us tomorrow night, uh, 1-800-259-9231. Just enough time for your calls here. Uh, Let's see, real quick, a whistleblower site has been taken offline. This, according to the BBC, and this, by the way, is happening in America. So wait till you hear the details on this case a controversial website that allows whistleblowers to anonymously post government and corporate documents has been taken offline in the United States. WikiLeaks.org, as it is known, was cut off from the Internet following a California court ruling, says the site. The case was brought by a Swiss bank after several hundred documents were posted about its offshore activities. Other versions of the pages hosted in other countries can still be accessed. However, the main site was taken offline after the court ordered that Dynadot, which controls the site's domain name, should remove all traces of WikiLeaks from its servers. So this is typical where governments will leverage their threatening power over the internet whoever service they, yeah, provider, whoever they can, right? Or whoever it is, it's giving them the access. Whoever's holding the uh, you know the gate the gatekeepers, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, however, the main state w- was taken offline. The court also ordered that Dynadot should, quote, prevent the domain name from resolving to the WikiLeaks.org website or any other website or server other than a blank park page until further order of this court. So this entire domain name has been held hostage by uh, the federal government or the, Cal- the California government hmm. in this case. Other orders.
1: Know, I, I wonder if, so, so it's the California government, and the California is, what, the sixth largest economy in the world? What That's if it big, had yeah. been some crappy little town in the middle of nowhere? What if... Um, About you
0: know, the, the, yeah, yeah it's some town or the country of Andorra or something. Right. Vatican and, City.
1: I mean, Andorra it, it w- would be one thing. What if it was, uh, you know, St. Vincent and the Grenadines? Mm-hmm. Um, what if they had... What if the, uh, what, the provincial government of one of their little tiny islands with the... Uh, Forty people living on it, or something like that, had decided that they needed to do this. <laughs> you know, I mean, what what gives? What would, what would have Dynadot said to them? Right, and it's it's just I mean, what what makes it what makes
0: California's government any more legitimate? And why is it that uh, it's Dynadot's responsibility? Is it just that they, you know, as a corporation, have agreed to obey anything the government throws at it as far as their uh, demands? Because if it was the website, if it was the uh, the user of the site, the creator of the website, that violated some law, shouldn't they be going after him? Shouldn't they be leveraging their power and authority over that guy? Well, no, that would be too difficult for them. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they do
1: take the path of least resistance when it comes right. to these situations. and
0: Whoever's going to bend over... Whoever's most likely to bend over, that's who they'll go after. Yep. And that's what they did in and this case. And in this
1: case, it's just you know the, the the service. I don't know. I don't know. It's the the people that own the web um, domain page thing. Uh, those people, they get what forty dollars a year for selling less the, than that. If if that. Yeah, that's, so it doesn't matter to them if they uh, right. It's ten
0: bucks usually. Yeah.
1: It, it can be as low as ten bucks.
0: So the court again ordered that the domain name be locked to prevent the transfer of the domain name to a different domain registrar to prevent changes from being made to the site. Because when uh, if you've got a, a host, like GoDaddy, for instance, that's who we use, uh, you can transfer your domain to a different domain uh, service provider. But now they're locking that down, too. They've totally locked down this person's property. This is his web name, and they've banned his website, essentially, ...from being able to appear on the Internet. What, this in the country where there's a First Amendment right to the freedom of speech? Well, actually... This is the, America.
1: The, interestingly, the site's still up. It's just that you can't put in wikileaks.com to get there. You can still put in 88.80.13.160. Uh-huh.
0: More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. To wrap things up here uh, this particular evening, we'll uh, go to Paul Craig Roberts who, if you don't know, was actually involved in this federal government of ours a number of years ago. He was at one time the Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for the Reagan administration. So he's been on the inside. Uh, he's been, you know, working hand in hand with uh, many of the same bureaucrats and politicians that are still there today. But he has come to his senses. In fact, he wants to point something out about the uh, what he calls more lies from the fascists President George W. Bush and this uh, so-called Protect America Act that Bush has been trying to get uh, reinstated, or I guess instated, one or the other. Uh, he'll make it clear in a moment. President George W. Bush, this is from com, by the way, and his director of national intelligence, Mike McConnell, are telling the American people that an unaccountable executive branch is necessary for their protection. Hmm. Now, without the Protect America Act, say Bush and McConnell, the executive branch will not be able to spy on terrorists and we'll all be blown up. Yes.
1: Yes. I imagine they they want us to believe exactly that.
0: Now, terrorists can only be stopped, says Bush, if Bush has the right to spy on everyone without any oversight by the courts. Now, hold on. Before we go any
1: farther on this... Obviously the people that are gonna believe this out there that aren't aren't politicians are the tried and true flag waving Republican kind of people, right? The believe Paul Craig Roberts claims you mean? No, the believe uh Bush's claims. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now Bush is leaving. Uh, you know he's going to be voted. Uh, we're going to vote on a new president in November. He'll be leaving office on one twenty oh nine. You've seen the bumper stickers out there. There's a lot of people out there waiting for the day that George Bush leaves office. They can't wait. Now George Bush is but because going to be they in believe
0: office. something fundamental is going to change, but it's not. Right, it's not.
1: But George Bush, Bush is what? George Bush is is leaving in less than a year. Yes. Any power that he imparts to the president. He isn't going to impart on, um, to, to the, to a Democrat for the next four years, likely for the next eight. We're pretty much getting our presidents in two year, uh, you know, shots these days. And that's. Two terms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, it, George Bush is trying to give the power to the Democrats at this point. Do you think the Democrats are going to do good things with these powers that George Bush is uh, putting in place for the presidency? Yeah. Who are they going to spy on? What does George Bush care? He'll be off in Texas or, uh, you know, he'll probably
0: move back to Connecticut once he uh, doesn't have to run for office anymore. That's a great point. And it sounds a little conspiratorial, Mark. What does George Bush care? Why is he going through all of these uh, motions? Eh, power hungry. But you as know, you said, he, he doesn't con- get to benefit he from He wants it.
1: to be considered a good uh, president. At, you know, He wants to have been one of the, one of the good ones.
0: Well, and- maybe it is possible that they all do really work together. That I mean, we've seen George H.W. Bush, the older guy, uh, we've seen him hanging around with old Bill Clinton. They pal around. They go golfing and boating together. I mean, if that doesn't tell you something about the fact that there's not a dime's worth of difference between these two parties, w- w- I don't know what else will make it crystal clear. I mean they at least they used to pretend like they didn't like each other, you know? Yeah, like Rrr, right. They're bad. But now they don't even bother with that. Now it's a photo op. Now it's hey look, we're here in Hurricane Katrina, we're helping people together, we're all friends now. Well,
1: it's, you know, it, it it's good from a uh a PR standpoint for the for them to work together. My question is if they're working together, Against whom are they working?
0: Our freedoms, sir. Yeah,
1: every time politicians work together to get something done, it's working together to screw us.
0: Let's talk more about this Protect America Act. According to Paul Craig Roberts, the fight over the act has everything to do with our safety, Not only just only not in the way that Bush and McConnell, uh, McConnell assert. Bush says the Democrats have put our country in more danger of an attack by letting the Protect America Act lapse. Now, this claim is nonsense. The 30-year-old Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act gives the executive branch all the power it might need to spy on terrorists. Have you been working
1: on your Barack Obama accent? I don't know what he sounds like. Next shot? Okay. Uh, He has a great-sounding voice, actually.
0: The choice between FISA and the Protect America Act has nothing whatsoever to do with terrorism, at least not from foreign terrorists. Bush and his brown shirts object to FISA because the law requires Bush to obtain warrants from a FISA court. Now, warrants mean that Bush is accountable. Bush and his brown shirts argue that accountability is an infringement upon the power of the president. To escape the accountability, the brown shirt party has come up with the Protect America Act. This act eliminates Bush's accountability to judges and gives the telecom companies immunity from the felonies that they committed by acquiescing in Bush's illegal spying. Right. Sweet deal, huh? Bush began violating the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act in October of 2001 when he spied on Americans without obtaining warrants from the FISA court. Bush pressured telecom companies like Verizon and AT&T to break the law in order to enable his illegal spying. Now, in court documents, and boy, if this doesn't tell you the way government works, I don't know what does. This is a perfect example right here. Joseph P. Nacio. Former CEO of Quest Communications International, another telecom, Mm -hmm. states that his firm was approached more than six months before the September 11, 2001 attacks and asked to participate in a spying operation that Quest determined was illegal. So when Quest refused, government came to Quest, said, Hey, will you help us with this? We need your help here. Oh, wait, no, that's illegal. Sorry, we don't want to be a part of that. When Quest refused... The Bush administration withdrew opportunities for contracts worth hundreds of millions of dollars. But the icing on the cake is that Joe Nascio, the CEO of the company, was subsequently indicted for insider trading. Oh, God. Sending the message to all telecom companies to cooperate with the Bush regime or else. And remember... That happened before
1: September 11th. And, and, you know, the fact is that, you know, the Bush administration required them to break the law. And
0: that's, you know, it just goes to show this guy thinks that he is the law. Right. If you don't do what I say, we will ruin you ruin you personally and ruin your business. Yep, yeah, that's, that, that's what they'll do. Bush has not been held accountable for the felonies he committed and for leading telecom companies into a life of crime. As the lawmakers who gave us FISA understood, spying on people without warrants lets a political party collect dirt on its adversaries with which to blackmail them. As Bush illegally spied a long time before word of it got out, blackmail might be the reason the Democrats have ignored their congressional election mandate and have not put a stop to Bush's illegal wars and unconstitutional police state measures. Mm, It may very well be that. Perhaps the Democrats have finally caught on that they cannot function as a political party as long as they continue to permit Bush to spy on them. For one reason or another, they've let the Orwellian-named Protect America Act expire with the Protect America Act Bush and his brown shirts are trying to establish the independence of the executive branch from statutory law and the constitution now notice his speculation here paul, paul craig, craig
1: roberts speculation that it had nothing to do with protecting the american people's civil liberties it had nothing to do with your constitutional rights it had everything to do with protecting their own political party against the you know the 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 dark shadowy
0: dealings of the other political party whatever the dirt was they dug up The FISA law means that the president is accountable to federal judges for warrants. Now, Bush and the brownshirt Republicans are striving to make the president independent of all accountability. Yeah, the The president is essentially, they want to make the president essentially the law. Yep, the brownshirts insist the leader knows best and can tolerate no interference from the law, the judiciary, Congress, or the Constitution, and certainly not from the American people, who the brownshirts tell us won't be safe unless Bush is very, very powerful. Now, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison saw it differently. The American people cannot be safe unless the president is accountable and under many restraints. Well, we've seen that it didn't really work out, but in theory. Uh, Pray that the Democrats have caught on that they cannot give the executive branch unaccountable powers to spy and still have grounds on which to refuse the executive branch unaccountable powers elsewhere. Republicans have used the war on terror to create an unaccountable executive to prevent the presidency from becoming a dictatorial office. And it's darn close right now. Yep. It is crucial that Congress cease acquiescing in Bush's grab for powers as the founding fathers warned us the terrorists we have to fear are the ones in power in Washington. The al Qaeda terrorists with whom Bush has been frightening us have no power to destroy our liberties.
1: No, and you know that's what they claim uh, that these people are after is that they want to destroy our liberties. Well, if if the if you believe that, if you believe the nonsense the terrorists want to destroy our liberties, then you must realize it's happened. It has happened. Our liberties have been eroded in this country since then. And it's we only because have, we've allowed it. Yeah, we've now got uh, soldier-style style cops standing in the middle of New York City with MP5s in their hands. Machine guns. None of this like would have happened. In, uh, like they do in, in, in uh, these other yucky governments that, that rule much, Third world more, countries, yeah, sure. much more heavily than we do. And it wouldn't
0: have happened if the American people hadn't let it, because we've all... Consented silently or explicitly. Anyway, he says that compared to the loss of liberty, a terrorist attack is nothing. Meanwhile, Bush, the beneficiary of two stolen elections, has urged Zimbabwe to hold a fair election. America gets away with its hypocrisy, says Paul Craig Roberts, because no one in our government has enough shame to blush. Ken in Tennessee, got 20 seconds. Go.
5: Well, the uh, Hope
4: Scholarship in Tennessee, which is the lottery supported scholarship, about 80% of the students. We're losing it because of poor grades, so they just lowered the threshold for the grade point of average you
0: had to keep in college. (laughs) Thanks for the call tonight. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We will return tomorrow night. You can join us online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. If you've listened this far, then you deserve a little reward. If you like racing, at least, you're going to the 12 Hours of Sebring. You've got two tickets. If you email me at ian at freetalklive.com and let me know where you heard this. You have to tell me you heard it in the podcast. And if you're the first person to email me, then you'll win the tickets. If not, well, sorry, you can try again maybe on Saturday night during our live show. We'll be giving away some at uh, at some point during the live show Saturday. The 12 Hours of Sebring in March 12th through the 15th. More information at com. And thanks for listening to Free Talk Live.